No, it makes sense. I mean, and now looking back, I, my father let the real Art Garfunkel take me to a Sadie Hawkins dance when I was in <laughs> middle school. So I, it all makes much more sense now. It's like he was not protecting my virtue, but it was the culture's fault. Yeah, it was the culture's fault. How you doing? Good. How are you? I feel insane. I feel absolutely fucking unhinged un- and insane. You feel insane. unhinged and insane. Insane. Out you're, of my mind. You're getting ready for your garage sale. The great garage sale. You know what we say about me? What do we say? <laughs> <laughs> you know, busy. She only does things one way. <laughs> the hardest way possible. <laughs> I I feel that. I Yeah. I think you're probably not alone. <sighs> yeah. But you're doing it. I'm doing it. It's been a real this is your life moment in time for me. It's really crazy. It's been really crazy. Mostly good, like cathartic and good. Some of it is weird and hard right. and weird. Excavating the layers of your to life. To be expected. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Mark has been really helpful because we had to, like, go through all this stuff together. Yeah. Um. And, but it is like, I told you I'm reading that book, Midlife, that we talked about it last week a little bit. Yeah. You guys, I haven't picked it up since last week, but I, (laughs) but I just mean like in terms of what, where I'm at right now and like what's happening, it's kind of interesting. Like I'm definitely, right? Like we're midlife. Yeah. We are. If we're lucky. If we're lucky. Hopefully. I mean, I think, yes. But, um... Not good, Jesus Christ. Um, but like to be in this phase of life, coming out of the last several years of pandemic and moving, divorce, separation, divorce, kids getting older, like all of the things, friend, my friend. My friend getting sick and dying, having my heart broken. Oh my God, it's so many things. It's so many, it's so many things. It's so many things. And um, and then I was like, and let's just look through everything. <laughs> let's just take two, like a week, two weeks. We're doing it really fast, actually. Yeah. Because I don't have any time to do it otherwise, you, you know, yeah. We've got stuff we're working on, you and me. We'll talk about it soon, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we now know we can talk about it soon, but it's not but not today. Not today. It's not today. I'm sorry to say. Um, but like you and I have things we're working on. I have Girls Five Eva. I have I'm gonna go out with that TV show uh pitch, you know. Um I'm still working on um senior trip and finishing that outline. I have another movie that I've been like attached to since pre-pandemic that I love that's like a real indie small movie that Chris Storer had brought to me originally. He was like helping the writer out um, 
And then I was just talking to my new reps and I was like, one of them was like, but could you just direct it? And I was like, yeah, I should just direct this movie. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, let's yeah. do that. It's like that. I mean, there's just so much shit. Oh, yeah, my my next book. You got a Easy, lot going on. on. So we got to get this, got to get the garage sale going. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying we got to get it going. So we, we had, it was like, it was a small window of time to do it, but that also means... But that also means, like, definitely a crunch, a crunch time. Yeah. And, like, all of it happening, you know, every, everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. And it feels like a, it's a little bit, my brain is, like, a little bit cracking right now at the seams. Yeah. Like, opening up boxes. By the way, things that, like, you know, because I did have a lot of stuff that I had, like, asked for from the people who had packed up our home. Yeah. I did have a fair amount of stuff like, you know me, like like pictures and like journals and things that I was like, oh, I need all that stuff. So they had, right. I already had had that stuff. But just now I'm going through boxes of these like book boxes so we have so because we had so many books, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm finding like whole other giant boxes of photos that I like don't even remember that I had like stuff just now from Dawson's Creek and wow. White Chicks, White Chicks. I didn't even know I had photos from White Chicks. I'm not kidding. Wow, I know, and I so found like this. It's cool. It's very cool, but it really is like this is your fucking life. You know what I mean? It's um, very interesting. <laughs> um, so it's hard to go through fast. Well, right, because you like want to like, I don't know. Yes, you want to like stop. But I am just making, you know, I want to get through all the stuff that we're going to do the at the garage. Say, I mean, this is like, there's so many clothes. Like I'm selling so many clothes. Oh, oh great. I just found I just found a huge box of maternity clothes. Just Oh now. wow. Wow. And I'm like, well, I don't need that. What are you didn't have the um do you remember the maternity capsule collection? Was that before your maternity time? What did they call that? I don't know. Where was it from? I think if they sold it at Bloomingdale's and it was like a little box of like chic maternity clothes no. and yeah, I think it was before your time. I forget what the box was called, but I remember that, like, I aspired to own it, but I never did. I was strictly, like, gap yoga pants. Well, I had a lot of stuff. I was just looking. I had a lot of stuff that was, like, when I had Cricket, then it was, like, ASOS maternity, and, like, those places started maternity. Right. Top right. shop maternity. Oh wow! So it was like cute. It was cute, cute stuff. stuff. Cute. It's cute. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. So I'm like doing a. I'm doing well. I found the pictures. I found the picture of Lizzo from our having our auras taken on Busy Tonight. Oh yes, yeah. That's interesting. That was. Do, have we ever talked about that? Like Lizzo came on Busy Tonight. You, I saw that you found your juice box 
Mm-hmm. It was to promote her album Juice. And Hadn't so come out yet. Hadn't come out yet. We made these giant juice boxes. Was it her first late night appearance? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. She had been on Watch What Happens Live as a bartender uh, at one point, which I was excited about because she had collabed with Prince. So I had known about Lizzo for a minute because of Prince. Um, But I know that she was the bartender, so she wasn't the main guest. And I remember like being like, talk to Lizzo more. Um, Cause I had been to see her a few times, but uh, anyway, I don't know if it was her first like sit down late night appearance, but I do know that you guys got hammered on tequila <laughs> drinking so those giant juice boxes that we made, but she had also brought her psychic with her, um, which is like, it was interesting. Um, she, she and her psychic just had a feeling that we would be into that, and we were. And she was so fun. But then, like, here's not to say anything about the funness of Lizzo. She was the most fun. She was a great guest. We knew that she was into like all that psychic-y stuff. So we had uh someone come on to do a photograph of your auras together, which was very cool. But um here's one detail I want to share. Her psychic was so kind. To everyone, and like, I'm saying like Lizzo's psychic, like Ronald Reagan's psychic or whatever. I think it's just a friend of hers who is a psychic who probably sometimes used her psychic powers for Lizzo or whatever. No, she was, no, she's like a, what are you talking about? No, I don't think. I'm not saying like Lizzo has like an on-staff psychic that comes everywhere with her. I don't think that wasn't what I was thinking (laughs) from it. But just to be clear, I no, it was like. It's like how Marcella Kroll, like exactly. how I, it's, it's like, like that vibe, like a person that you have, have seen before you can yeah. consult with or whatever. And exactly. It's like Marcella Kroll for us. Exactly. I just didn't want to make it or, seem um, like Lizzo has a giant team and, and is, is, uh, headed up by a chief psychic who works full time for her or something. Or Jamie Voslove. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, so anyway. Yeah. No. I, I don't think that was, I don't think that was. <laughs> no. I just want to make clear. Way, wait, wait, no, people... I want to be clear. No, you know why she came. She want that. She asked to come. The psychic. Yeah. Asked to come with. Yeah. Like, because she was, she had like, she like had a feeling. She just wanted to come. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is so interesting. And I think we wound up like putting her on the show for a minute or whatever. I can't remember if it made it into the final cut. I have to go back and watch that episode. But um, what was so nice about the psychic is that she came back the next day when we didn't have a show because she had met everyone on the staff and she just vibed with everyone so nicely that she came back and like, gave everyone like little readings the next day. And the person who took the aura photography for you and Lizzo also came back the next day to do everyone's aura photography. So it nice. Was a really, it was a really nice, like very special. Yeah. Show. It was really yeah. nice. And it was also, whether or not it was her, whether or not it was her first late night appearance, it was like right before she became like a superstar Mm-hmm. And the album hadn't come out yet. She hadn't played Coachella. It was like all just about to happen. And it just felt like the energy was just like, we just felt like, we're like, you're about to be such a huge star. And she was like, I mean, I don't know. You know, like being yeah. very like, 
that would be amazing. Like, I love what I do no matter what or whatever. Right. It was just nice. We had a great time. Speaking it was so fun. Speaking of which, did you watch? I mean, I know we, we're, we're like several days after the Grammys now, but. I mean, I watched incredible. all the, I watched all the relevant clips. I watched all the relevant clips too. I mean, obviously the Tracy Chapman. That was incredible. Was Joni incredible. Mitchell. Incredible. Incredible. Also, Annie Lennox performed oh, with. that was really Incredible. With Wendy and Lisa from The Revolution playing piano and guitar with her. Um, and that was a really big deal for me. I always love to see Wendy and Lisa are heroes to me. Um, which is, it's kind of wild. Like on my list of reasons to move to LA, running into Wendy or Lisa was probably on the top 10 of those reasons. Uh, and I still never have. And people love to text me and be like, oh my God, I'm at a... Shabbat dinner right now and Wendy's playing guitar or like I'm at a private party and it's a birthday party and Lisa's oh, playing I was the there. piano. Yeah. I was there. That was me. <laughs> you're not Sorry. you're far from the only one, but everybody has seen those two except for me. Seen them somewhere. Well, your moment will come. It's you fine. Know? It's I like mean, I've never really had my moment with Oprah, you know? It's true. Yeah, I get it. And like I feel like my moment will come really with Oprah. Yeah, you've talked on the phone and then you can bring up yeah. to her that you've talked on the phone when you have your moment. It's also like when I lived in Westport, Connecticut, um, Niall Rogers lived in Westport, Connecticut, and I spent 16 years trying to run into that guy and I never ran into Who's him. Niall Rogers? From the Van Sheik, and he's also like a legendary music producer, wow. producer of Madonna and many. Right. I mean, I know the name's familiar. Yeah, I you'd know him if you it. saw him, obviously. He's well, I was thinking of the guy from So You Think You Can Dance. I don't think that's <laughs> No, but okay. I always was trying to run into Niall Rogers, and uh, I never saw him in like 16 years. And then one day he was doing a concert on the lawn at the library in town. And I was like, I'm going to go see this Nile Rogers concert. We went. It was a thunderstorm. Like, definitely felt like someone was going to get electrocuted. But the band played on. Nile Rogers and Chic played on. And we just were out there in the pouring rain. Almost got electrocuted. Everybody left. But I was like, if Nile's here, I'm here. I'm not leaving. And then um, just like... A short time after that, Bette Midler performed with him and invited me, and I wasn't able to go because I was actually out of town. And then a really short time after that, he came on Watch What Happens Live, and I was, like, riding in the elevator with him, and I was like, oh, my God, I've been trying to run into you for, like, 16 years, never have had success, but then I went to see you at the Westport Library, and I was the person standing out, and he was like, oh, my gosh, and he, like, held my hands, and he was like, thank you so much for risking your life to watch that concert, and so you're right. I think there there must be some kind of time because I was like, how weird is it that I had three opportunities to see him after so many years of trying to see him and I saw him two out of the three, you know? I'm just saying, the moment will come. <laughs> maybe, maybe. We'll see. Wendy and Lisa, if you're listening, I tried to get the boys to name their dogs Wendy and Lisa when they got them, but they, they, didn't, they wouldn't. How about Lizzo and Busy? <laughs> those would be those would be good dog names. They really would be. 
Very cute. Um, well, I'm glad you found the Lizzo juice box. Uh, you're not selling that, are you? No. All right. No, I'm not I mean, it would be like, okay if you wanted to. Of course. I mean, sure. But that's yeah. not like, I'm not in that moment. Like, <laughs> it's not Swedish death cleaning. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, just getting rid of like lots and lots. I mean, the amount of parties we threw, like, good Lord. The amount of champagne <laughs> glasses we had. Wow. My mother's been kind of driving me insane. Sorry, mom. I know you're listening. She's like texting. Like, she's like watching my Instagram stories. I might just have to like block her from watching them. You know? That's right. You can do it, Barb. So if you keep annoying me, guess what? <laughs> you're cut off. She's worried that you're getting rid of too much or? Yeah. Well, because I mean, where I come by this, honestly. Yeah. This collection of shit. My parents are great collectors of all kinds yeah. of things. You know the snow babies. Come on. Yeah. Sure. Um. But she's, like, been texting me and then, like, yesterday, like, told my sister to call me about something. And I was like, Mom, I, like, first of all, she was, like, concerned I was selling, like, like uh, her, like, ro the Rosenthal glassware. I'm like, I have it in my apartment. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. We had, like, basically, like, Mark and I in our life together, like, we would, especially, like, when we were first married and like Birdie was a baby, we would have these huge dinner parties and huge, like we had this great house that was made for, enter you know, when you watch fucking house hunters and it's like really need something for entertaining and you're yeah. thinking to yourself, like these people are never having more than four people over. <laughs> right. Right. Like we had huge, like fun parties and dinner parties. Yeah. And I used to have to like, like there was a, a time when really early on, like when we were still dating, where we would like rent extra plates and glassware and like whatever because right. we just were like, we needed it because we were having a dinner party for 20 people. Right. You know, and Mark loved to do it. He loved to cook for all those people, whatever. And then at a certain point, I realized that if I just bought it at like cost plus, Right. It doesn't the make sense. It like, doesn't make sense. It totally doesn't make sense. And we had like all this space to store right. things. So um, so we just had like those industrial kitcheny shelves in our basement in the right. house in LA. And we just had like boxes of glassware, boxes of extra silverware, boxes of like champagne flutes, like all of those things for events and parties and in big like serving dish huge serving dishes and all this stuff like we just don't no matter what like the days of like having sort of like monthly huge salons <laughs> are behind us both of us individually and together so yeah. it just doesn't make sense to hold on to those things and then like a lot of the cake stuff I just had collected over the years and I'm like I don't need all of this but a lot right. of it I do need so, <laughs> and then there's so many and then just like clothes that I've been trying to like figure out what to do with for so long and like you know whatever it's just like it's gonna be pretty huge it's gonna be huge there's a ton of shit a ton of shit and lots of furniture Eric Gurian was just like asking me about there's two different desks and he's like I need a desk let me buy one I'm like okay <laughs> okay um yeah, I don't know. But you're going to come. Yes. It's exciting. I got my flight. I'm ready to go. I'm going to be there. 
It's going to be beautiful this weekend. Yeah. Oh, that's not in LA. It seems terrible or something. I mean, we have what is being called an atmospheric river. And uh, knock on wood, it, I mean, it hasn't really affected where I live too much. Like, my street's a little flooded mm-hmm. at the end of it. But, like, if you drive through it carefully, it's okay. And it went down a great deal last night. It just kind of means, like, 24-7 rain, I guess, for several days. But for mm. many people, but, like, people have died. So what? it's, yeah, like, how? I, I oh, think, and, like, like, car accidents? I I honestly don't know. I didn't look oh. into the details and it hasn't been a lot, but like three people have died, which I just like would like to point out. Like I, I saw, okay, so I saw a PR person that I know. This is like a public relations person was like, everyone on the news needs to calm down about Southern California. Like it's fine. It's just rain. And I'm like, well, oh, okay. But like for some people, it was a big deal. Like some people lost their homes and some people died. Well, regardless, here's what I know is that like live have having lived there for 23 years, including the very first year that I lived there, which was the first El Nino, which right. meant that it like rained right. almost every day for I was here for that days. weirdly. I was here for that. We were right. You were here Rosie for like O'Donnell a chunk. Show. I remember that. Yeah, for like but, a month I was here. But the um thing that I know is that everybody's house leaks. Everyone's roof in Los Angeles leaks. It is like without fail. It's so it's, true. Like, and people so, like d- people don't even know that their house leaks because yeah. it never rains. Because it doesn't now it rain rains as much, but regularly. Now it rains, when it rains so much, then yes. And the other thing that I know, because I, and I feel like I've probably talked about this on the show, on this show before, is that it's like impossible to find where the leak is coming from yes. on your roof. Yes. And then they'll just like tell you, you have to replace your entire roof. And then it's right. like... That's so expensive. So it is like a big, it is a big deal for people, it's a big deal. you know. It's a big and deal. And also, um, I had I hired a guy called the rain leak specialist, and he came and like did all these tests and like yes. was like, I've pinpointed the exact place of the leak and I'm going to fix it. And he fully did. He fully oh, wow. like just found the point of weakness and like fixed it. That's kind of miraculous. Twice. He did I it will- two times. He did it on two houses of mine. That's amazing. I will say that I have hated on the roof of my house because it's not uh, era appropriate for mm. the oh, yeah, that's architecture, the architecture yeah. of the house. But I have been so grateful for that ugly orange tile roof that is not period appropriate, but is definitely rain appropriate. Definitely Which keep prob- it out the rain. Probably has... Oops. Probably has something to do with the, with why it is there, with why you're it pro- exists on your. You're roof. probably right. You're probably right. Your Our, roof. Yes, I do know that over the past couple of years, a couple people on this cul-de-sac have replaced their roofs, uh, and most of the houses were built the same year. So we had we had an early new roof adopter, the prior owners. Wow. So that's lucky. But I mean, yeah, we've just been like laying low in the house. Um, and the rain's been Gross. pretty constant. But, you know, just watching the video. I mean, like, there were some mudslides and and houses actually fell down hills. Uh, 
which were, th- that's scary. That's scary. But that's El Nino vibes. Like, I remember that yeah. happening when- Wait, where was, when, where were, where was that? Was it like Malibu, the hills, like that kind of vibe? I think so. Uh, mm. Yeah. Somewhere. I don't know. I just saw it on like Instagram. I didn't go out to see it with my own two eyes. Yeah, well, I wouldn't imagine that you would. <laughs> but I mean, well, I don't know. The local news is generally like in Artesia today or like, you know what I mean? They, <laughs> they, they get real specific. Local news gets real specific. I, do, I mean, Malibu I has a lot of, because they have a lot of the fire, they have a lot of fires, you know what yeah. I mean? Or Calabasas. Yeah. And so that that's, and they have a lot of houses like up on hills. And so right. if you have a lot of fires, then you lose the trees that are holding the dirt in place. Right. And then you have mudslides. Right. Right. Or like the canyon out where like the horses are and the where you go, where the marble yards are. Oh my it's God. Like not these far are, from you, but it's like in the hills. These are all things um, I'm not rich enough to know about. No, it's not rich. It's like, no, the horses are like, it's like, no, it's like, no, it's like, no, it's like country. It's like, <laughs> okay. No, no, no. It's not right. like a wealthy. Mm-mm. All right. I know. It's like where you go. It's where, literally where you go to like bargain hunt for okay. like when you're like, <laughs> all right. You to like get tile and stuff. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm, I guess I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. I do know that I saw a video of like a house that was unoccupied, slid down the hill and trapped people into an occupied house. That's what I saw. And I was like, it was on like, I don't know. It was on Instagram, but here's the thing, Biz. I hardly ever watch local news because I am a cord cutter. I don't have cable television. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I wouldn't even know where to find local news. So here's a lesson about being a cord cutter. You try to save a few dollars, but then you have an atmospheric river cut to you don't know where exactly a house slid down a hill. but I think that... I think that one of the, like Hulu, I think you can look at, I think it's Hulu. I mean, I just. You can access live. I'm sure it's true. Yeah, I think it is. I'm not great at that stuff. So I don't really know, but because this was like literally like the whole conversation of when I was like frustrated trying, well, I was stoned, but I was trying to find, I was trying to figure out how to watch the fucking Grammys. Right. And Mark was like, you just go to the live thing. And I was like, the live thing on what? We don't have it. It's Apple TV. He's like, go to Hulu. It's like right there. It's a live, a live TV and then go to the network. I don't know what it is. He's like, oh my God, busy. Do I need to like come do this for you? I was like, maybe. <laughs> but you found it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find it, but. A mudslide left a Baldwin Hills home seriously damaged Monday. I don't know if that is the exact house that I was... This is basically... I would be a terrible journalist because I'd be like... I read, I heard, you know. I wouldn't have any sources for anything. But anyway. My cousin Scotty messaged me to make sure I was okay. And a bunch of people on Facebook asked me to mark myself safe in the... Southern California Atmospheric River, which I felt very loved by. So I did. That's nice. Even though I, like, marking myself, I always feel weird. I'm like, who am I to mark myself safe? Like, am I that important, you know, to mark myself safe in this national emergency? And out of, you know, however many people were affected, like, is it important to let you know that I was not one of them? But I guess to some people it was. So I let them know that I was safe. 
Okay, I am fully obsessed with Lola V. Yes, tell us about it. Okay, well, here's the thing, guys. It showed up at my house, and I was like, you know how we, you know how we do on this podcast. <laughs> and so, Lola V is the award-winning hair care line founded by <clears throat> the incredible Jennifer Aniston with the most iconic hair of all time. Whose hair would you trust more than Jenny Annie? If I'm trust, if I want anyone's hair, it's Jenny Annie's hair. I want that <laughs> hair. But now we've got it. We've got it. And here's what here's what prompted Jenny Annie. And we're just calling her that because, guys, we love her. And I don't know if she likes that nickname. We don't know. I've never done that to her face. I've been face-to-face with her. Maybe next time I will. Maybe I'll try it. I'll be like, is it okay that I call you Jenny Annie on my podcast when I'm selling Lola V? Because I love the products. But anyway, she was like... I don't want to choose between hair products that like make my hair look great and they and feel great and products that are actually like good for us and the world. Yeah. Okay. So she's like, let's do it. So first of all, I've been using the cult classic glossing detangler on myself and on my child, Cricket, with yeah. the one child that has the most tangly of all the hairs. Mm-hmm. And the perfecting leave-in conditioner. Yeah. It's my hair's the difference in my hair. I'm also, guys, later in the podcast, or maybe you've already heard it, I tell a story of being hit on at a bar by a guy. I had just used Lola V and blown my hair out. I'm not even kidding you. I looked like it looked I was giving Jenny Annie vibes. You know (laughs) what I mean? I was giving they the guy could not resist me. Yeah. Because I literally my hair looked like I actually caught my reflection in the mirror as I was leaving the house and I was like, I look great and my hair is ninety percent of it right now. Yeah, when you know you look good. I've been using the restorative shampoo and conditioner plus the intensive repair treatment because as we know, I bleach, bleach, bleach my hair to within an inch of its life because I like it like that. But to have a product that can sort of get it back to an acceptable hair-like texture is very valuable to me. Yeah, you do. You struggle with the breakage. Yeah, I, we know this about you. Yeah. But this is what I love because also you guys may or may not know this. Cricket has an allergy to sulfates. Right. Um, and Lola V is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness. There are no silicones, no sulfates, no parabens or gluten. Hey, so that's good for you too. You can eat it, Casey. <laughs> no, don't eat it, you guys. You put it on here. And of course, it is cruelty-free and vegan. Um So we're huge fans, and I have been very excited for you guys to have a little treat from Lola V from us, and that is for a limited time, you can get an exclusive 15% off your entire order at lolav.com. Just use our code BEST at the checkout. I mean, we obviously are all listening to Jenny Annie, (laughs) the woman who introduced us to the Rachel, and then just recently reintroduced us to the Rachel. I know. I want to get it again. Wait, I actually think Birdie should get it. I'm not kidding. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. I know. I know. I've been talking about it with uh, with Birdie. I'm like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is your haircut. I'm pretty sure you got to get. And I was like, because I know Chris McMillan, I'm like, let's just, we're going to go straight to the source. I want you to get the, I want, I want Chris to give you the Rachel. The inventor of the Rachel. Yeah. The invent, that's the hairdresser that invented the Rachel guys in case you don't know. Okay. Anyway, unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. 
And again, the deal, as our loyal listeners, you're going to get an exclusive 15% off your entire order when you use code BEST at the checkout. That's 15% off your order at L-O-L-A-V-I-E.com with promo code BEST. Please note, you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and say that it was us. You heard about it from us. Honey love. Oh, honey. I mean, I can't not. I can't not. You can't not. Guys, it's the month of love. It's month uh, of love. Ah. Uh. It's the month of being loved and loving yourself <laughs> and loving your body and your shape and your shapes. <gasps> and l- honey love is a surefire way that you will love the way that you look. And you will also feel good about it because you will be comfortable. Yes. And you won't have to peel your shapewear off at the end of the night in a way <laughs> that is not attractive. Disturbing. To your, to your partner, if there's a partner there. Or even yourself. Or even yourself. Honey Love has really revolutionized compression technology so you don't have to feel like you're being suffocated while you're wearing great shapewear that just like gives you the right line under a dress. A bi- Everybody, by the way, I just want you guys to know, I'm not shopping right now, but I am looking. I'm looking for future <laughs> shopping. And yeah. the bias cut silk is back. And let me tell you what's unforgiving is a bias cut silk. I'm just going to say it. Right. It is unforgiving. And so, and so... I say to you, enter Honey Love, the best shapewear, sculptwear around. Well, because you know what else looks great mm. in a bias cut silk satiny shift is a lifted butt. And so I am loving the boost bands on the back of the Honey Love superpower short that just, mm-hmm. just, just scooch your, scooch your little cheeks Scooch them cakes back up where they need to be. Like kind of like if you watch the Grammys, like what Dua Lipa had, but in leather, like she had those were leather, (laughs) but that's kind of what the compression of Honey Love is. And it really gives you such a good shape on your butt, on your little bottom. Yeah. There's also just FYI, just for ease, convenience, things that I like to think about when I'm going out. You don't have to wear underwear and then like try to get it off in the bathroom at the restaurant and get it back on in the bathroom of the restaurant because there's like it's all cotton in the gusset yes the crotch area that's like what they call it the, gus- <laughs> the gusset and there's a little um you know easy access opening that you can do that so that for what is all yeah. there for you yeah um they also have just incredible we've talked about the bras before we love the bras they've got tanks they've got leggings for everyday support and i'm a big fan especially when traveling, of wearing compression leggings, guys. I love them. Wearing those leggings from Honey Love. Also, their shapewear features lingerie-inspired design details that you're going to want to show off. I'm just going to say it. It all looks hot, and it's so comfortable while also doing what you dream of shapewear doing. It's like getting three cherries at a slot machine, you know? (laughs) And we all want three cherries at that slot. (laughs) Let's be real. Guys, treat yourself to the best shapewear and bras on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash best 20. 
You can use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash best 20. And guess what? Again, they might ask you where you heard about them. Please let them know that you heard about Honey Love from Busy and Casey and our show. Treat yourself to Honey Love. Don't forget about yourself. (laughs) Treat yourself because you deserve it. Do you have like um, water stored and stuff like for earthquake, for natural disasters? Do you have like a disaster preparedness situation? Yes, we actually do have a go bag in the event of like an earthquake or whatever that we have water, some gallons of like water that are stored in like something that's supposed to keep them from getting gross, Uh, like silicone. I don't know. They're like big collapsible silicone Mm -hmm. bladders kind of. So we have that water and then we have a bag where there is some snacks and some medicine and phone chargers and flashlights and a change of clothes for everyone. Uh, So, yeah. Do you? Smart. No, I mean, (laughs) I did. I used to when I lived in L.A., I remember when I had that business idea where I was like, I think that I became obsessed with like food dehydrators because everybody was selling like dehydrated candy, like Skittles and Starbursts and they puff up like crazy. Everybody's selling dehydrated gummy candies online. And I became obsessed with There's a lot of doomsday preppers, which I'm not a doomsday prepper, but I believe in, like, having a contingency plan in place as much as you can. Uh, I definitely prepared for the last flood, so we were prepared for this atmospheric river. uh, And both times, knock on wood, nothing happened where we lived, but we definitely had supplies in the event that there— Oh, it was not a flood. It was a hurricane, I think, last time. Anyway, but my business idea was that marketed to the L.A. fancy person who's not a doomsday prepper, what if I bought a food dehydrator and pre-dehydrated meals from their favorite L.A. restaurants to put in their earthquake preparedness bags so that, like, in the event of an earthquake, you could still get, like, what you like from La Scala or whatever. I mean, that is insane. How much would people pay for that to know, like, you know, it might be the apocalypse, but at least I'm going to get to eat four more portions of my favorite dish from where? What would be your dehydrated apocalypse meal that you would pay a premium for? How apocalyptic are we talking Like, well, like the beginning of the pandemic vibes. Like, we didn't know if we were living for 48 more hours. I wanted those fucking nachos. I wanted those nachos. I mean, that's gone anyway, though. Gone. 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 See? Do you wish you had some dehydrated nachos right now? No, I just am like annoyed. What the fuck? Why'd they, why'd why'd it go away? And also, like, chef, that chef has other restaurants and then I told you, I went to the one restaurant that they said they claim they, like, have them there. And then, n- not the same. It's not good. It's, it's not, not the, the same. same. It's not the same. And I'm like, 
heartbroken. Yeah. It was a, it was of an era. It was of a time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was time to move on from those nachos. I mean, currently, I don't like anything as much as I've ever liked those nachos. I don't think <laughs> to eat. I'm not kidding. Like, there's nothing that I'm like, ooh, I have to have this thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I right. just don't feel that way about any food item at this point in my life other than um, that at that time, those nachos. But... Yeah, I think that's like a, I don't know, a martini, but I that you don't need to put that you in up. You don't need to dehy- I can just do that. You need maybe but maybe you need a powdered martini for in the event of an emergency. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Like a little like a little, you know, canister of concentrated martini powder that you just stir up and get hammered in the event of an emergency. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be hammered in an emergency. Maybe I do. Maybe I Maybe. Like, See, that's, you yeah. know. We don't know. We There's don't know. a reason that the hurricane is a famous drink as well as a famous weather event. Mm. I thought it was because you get so bored when you're waiting for the hurricane thing, when you like do all the hurricane prep and then you're like waiting, you get so bored that you want to get drunk. Yeah. That's what possible. I saw. It's possible. I don't know. It makes sense, but like, you know, a powdered martini might be the thing. I don't know. Do you have like a a neurodivergent ADHD hyper focus meal that like I see yeah, a lot I have, of people well, a million turkey of them. sandwich. Of course. Yeah. yeah. A turkey sandwich, turkey roll ups. If I'm yeah. Sorry guys, if I'm dying. Um <laughs> turkey roll ups, turkey sandwich. Um that's like probably the main one. I had no idea that was even a thing when I was 20, 20, 20 years yeah. old, 21 on um 20, I was 20 on this movie. I remember I ate a turkey sandwich every single day for lunch <laughs> and people were like, are you okay? Do you feel a little unhinged? And I'm like, nope, I'm good. I just, you I just want, just thought it was your lucky just gonna sandwich. Eat that. I'm just going to keep eating this fucking sandwich again yeah. and again and again. It's like so when I your like, math teacher wears the same outfit every day for the entire time you're, you go to school at that school. I don't know if I ever paid attention to what my teachers were wearing, <laughs> ever, <laughs> except for Madame Musso. She had fancy. just like sort of. Fabulous, like silk, silky, mm. drapey, silky blouses and things. We had a cool English teacher, Susan Rampello, and she wore jeans. And I remember it like really caused a sensation among people because it was like the first time we ever saw a teacher wear jeans. But so turkey sandwich. Okay. All right. I get it. I mean, I eat a lot. I eat a lot of burgers now, I guess, in yeah. New York. Yeah. Right now Burgers. I'm on Hearts of Palm pasta, which I know sounds sad. That sounds weird. What is that? Um, it's like Hearts of Palm cut up to be like in the shape of spaghetti and it's not spaghetti at all. But I just find it's a great way to get like a serving of vegetables covered with like my favorite spaghetti sauce. I love it. Wait, what? I've never even heard of this. I, and I there's know no, all of the alternatives. <laughs> you understand? They, I was like a fucking gluten-free bitch before gluten-free existed. Right. And you had to like 
I don't know. You have to like, like, um, conjure alternatives. Like, oh, 100. There was no fucking place to even go. There was like one health food store. Erewhon existed, but I didn't even, it was too expensive for me at the time. I couldn't afford yeah. to shop there. Right. So I would like just, I don't even know. I mean, mostly I just didn't eat anything. Yeah. Like I ate like rice. I ate yeah. a lot of rice. Yeah. And I made these like gluten-free macaroons that became, <laughs> they were like sort of like, like Abdi Nazemian, who by the way, just shout out to Abdi. You guys know him. He's been a guest on our podcast talking about um, his most recent book, Only This Beautiful Moment, which was just honored with the Stonewall Award. Yes, congratulations, for literature. Abdi. Fucking love you so much, Abdi. But I remember Abdi, we were like 25, I think, when I was like, my IBS was really bad and they like tried to put me on this medicine and then it just like made me not ever be able to poop. So I was like, fuck this. Oh God. I'm going to go off the medicine. And then I was like, I'm just not going to eat gluten at all. Right. Because there was like, even though I what didn't have celiac or whatever, it just, it really was, my stomach was so bad when I was in my yeah. 20s. So I'd make these gluten-free, gl- wheat-free, gluten-free macaroons. <laughs> and Abdi would be like, are you bringing the macaroons to the party? Because <laughs> I would like travel with the macaroons. Yeah, sure. They you were had delicious. To. They were coconut. They were so good. Yeah, delicious coconut. I mean, mm. luckily, I think they mostly... Lincoln's a big macaroon bitch, and they are st- not luckily for him. He can eat gluten, uh, and he's happy about it. But I think they make them mostly gluten free. So luckily for people that need to be gluten free, they can always lean on a macaroon. Listen, you got to ask. You got to ask. You have to ask because you, you ask. could really hurt yourself anyway. Hearts of Palm Pasta, look into it. I, of course, love to eat a dish of regular pasta at times, but I don't get as many vegetables as I would like to. And this is a good way to pretend that vegetables well, there's, are Yeah, because there's good gluten-free my, pasta now, too. But yeah, I yeah. And I will eat gluten-full pasta and just accept the consequences of sneezing sometimes, you know? I don't know. You've been on a tear. It's been a long time now, I think. <laughs> I just mean well, I don't think you've had gluten in so long. Oh my gosh, I had Zach Woods. Hi, guys. <gasps> Hi, Zach. You look great. We can hear you. You look great, you look and great. we can hear you. Thanks. Um, we were just already. We were just talking about what our neurodivergent um, hyperfocus meals are right now, and if we have one. What is a neurodivergent hyperfocus meal? Well, so Zach, I have ADHD like my entire life, and I didn't know this until literally like TikTok <laughs> that um, it's very common for people with ADHD to have like a thing that they eat frequently that they like, it gets kind of like stuck in their brain, and they're just like, I'm just gonna eat this thing. I just know I'm gonna eat this thing. And so for me, for years, like starting when I was like, in fourth grade and still to this day, I just, she brought it up because I have it next to me. It's a turkey sandwich. And I just like, I was on a movie when I was 20-ish, 20, 21, this independent movie. And it was a pretty short shoot. It was like 21 day shoot. And I ate a turkey sandwich every day. From I worked every day of the movie and I ate a turkey sandwich every day. And I remember people on the crew being like, are you okay? Like, is this disordered eating? And I'm like, it's not, it's really not. Like, it has nothing to do with like 
calories or what I think I'm putting. It's like, I just know it's going to be good. I know I like it. It takes like one thing off my plate to, of thinking about. That makes For, sense. Yeah. That's what, like how, like, what's his name? David Lynch wears the same clothes every day or Jason Manzukas. It's like, so they don't have to decide what they're going to wear that day. And it's just like, especially a set when you're young, it's so hyper-stimulating. There's so much to make, so many decisions to make and tensions to navigate and to just be like, no, no, this is a, this is a done deal. It's a constant. It was like a constant. Guys, I have peanut butter on my face like a child. (gasps) You do? No. That's so sweet. It is Is sweet. Or is it just mean that I'm sort of like prematurely in a, old age state where I have just like smears <laughs> of like well I love I, I think old people are sweet that's yeah me true. too that's true I think Some it's endearing I think it means that you know that like I just think it's sweet you just had oh yeah they butter. do go one of two ways I agree with you Zach sometimes they calcify and they become extra oh old yeah yeah but what is that? Can I ask you a question? What are the two people in the trench coat and with the windswept scarf on your shelf? Oh, oh, okay. Those are action figures that my son made for me for Oh, my Christmas. God. How did you even see that? They're just, I don't know. I just was like, they're pretty. I, there's something about, like, it looks like a real moment in time. Like, it looks like a. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to, I want to go grab them and show them to you close up. My son, yeah, Lyndon, do who is go a great, them. who's a great fan of yours, made oh. action figures for me for Christmas um, of uh, the angel and, um, and George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life <gasps> because we share a love of that. Yeah. Uh, hold on one second. Wait, but also not to be outdone, you know that my daughter Cricket is a huge fan of yours as well. Really? Not that Casey and I aren't huge fans of no, yours, that's Zach, nice. but we do want to tell it. We both have children. Cricket is kind of obsessed with you, in fact. Oh my God. Well, Cricket's 10. Tell Cricket that I am touched and that I reciprocate her affection. Whoa, look at them. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? Look at them. <laughs> I so love cute. that movie so much. I really. Oh, you that, do. I we watch it every. We're Jews, but we my family would watch it every year on Christmas Eve. Oh um, my gosh, we watch it every. This well, talk about a hyper focus meal. We watch it every night of December. Wow, that's interesting. Do you, my favorite scene? Tell me what your favorite. My favorite scene is when he's on the phone. And he's she's pressed up next to him, and it's the it's the sexiest, saddest, the sexiest- most romantic, right? Not hey, to you a, listen to me, and I'm not gonna. And I, there's gonna be none of this. And he's kind of shaking her. It's like he's he's sort of strangling the remnants of this old dream in order to make space for her. And it's just like yes, it's. But he's he's being an asshole. But it's like also like she's so at the whole thing. It's like all fucked up. Like it's not. She gets it. But I, I know people yes. get really disturbed by that I scene, I like it. and I'm like, it's actually the hottest scene in cinema history when he okay i'm gonna be so weird but the way that his jaw is clenched like if you can just grab a still and like jimmy stewart's jaw muscle the way we went Mm -hmm. to visit his grave and um my husband asked if i wanted to say a few words and i said here lies the sexiest republican that's ever lived and then my husband got super (laughs) mad at me (laughs) (laughs) Because I was being weird and disrespectful, but I I just said the truth. Disrespectful? I would be so flattered. (laughs) 
can be described as the sexiest any designation that ever lived. Guys, I've never oh seen my it. gosh. Well, oh, Lincoln. Really? It's nice. Yeah. What's You've never seen It's a Wonderful Life? Mm-mm. I totally recommend seeing it, not to be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a weirdo about it. But like, there was a time when it wasn't. I'm older than both of you guys. There was a time when it wasn't available to be watched. So I had like seen it once before and I knew that I loved it. But before home video was fully ensconced and nobody, whoever held the rights for it wasn't playing it on television and you couldn't get a VHS of it or whatever. It was very rare to be able to see it and hard to come by. And Maybe then, that's why I never saw it. I think so. Probably why. And then when I was, well, speaking of old people, I was putting myself through college working the night shift in a nursing home. And Ooh, that is right. when that is when the rights sort of came back up and they started playing not just It's a Wonderful Life, like pretty much every night of the holiday season on television, but uh, they were also doing a colorized version. That's probably why I watch it every night in December, because I watch it every night to keep me company uh, waiting for people to pass away. Okay, Casey. That's what that job was. <laughs> uh, I know, but That's still. when everyone chose to Wait. do their passing away business. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, anyway, sorry. Enough about me and It's a Wonderful no, Life. I'm I'm <laughs> Thinking of an old age home is where people go to wait to pass away. I, mean, I know. I guess you could say planet Earth is where people go to pass, wait to pass away. But it's I think so that, true. <laughs> um, that's so interesting. Did you have, Busy, do you have stuff that's like your, like if you want, do you have touchstones for childhood Christmas feelings or any childhood holiday feelings? Like if you're- Yeah, tra- we had, because uh, we had a huge Christmas house and we actually were earlier talking about this because I'm in the process of doing the weirdest thing of all time, which is that um, my now ex-husband and I, Mark, and I moved to New York during the pandemic and our entire house was like boxed up and put in storage essentially and save for like some of our things. It was, Zach, we weren't planning on moving to New York. It's a long story. But because of that, most of our stuff was put into like a storage unit in Connecticut we had some stuff and then we like split up and like are getting divorced, whatever. The stuff has just stayed there in the storage unit. And so finally, I met this woman who owns Cure Thrift Shop here in New York. And she, I met her through Amy Sedaris because Amy has done like some sales with her of like her stuff. And the woman was like, well, if you guys ever want to sell stuff like from your storage unit. And so I was like, Mark, should we do this? So we've been going through, we're doing it this weekend. It's like a huge garage sale, basically, at Cure Thrift Shop. Casey's coming to help me with it because it's like so crazy. But we've been going through our life together. like, And we're so good now because it's been a long time that we've been separated and, you know, getting divorced or whatever. But we haven't seen any of this stuff for like three and a half years And because it was the pandemic and I had started working on Girls 5 Eva, we couldn't fly back and pack up our own house. We had to just hire people to do it. And so we're like opening these things and it's just so wild. It's like a time capsule, some of it. Some of it is like things we totally forgotten, like we'd totally forgotten about. And it's really nice. Like I, 
in so many ways. It's been really nice to be able to be in a place where we're both like, like have a fondness and like, oh, this is nice. Like we have, we had this huge life together for so many years. And like, we have a different kind of life together now with our kids, but like, it's just why it's been wild. I've had a really weird week, but also to the Christmas question, my mother is a collector so I have so much stuff because my mom is like, I don't want to call her a hoarder. She's not a hoarder, but she like loves stuff. And she so just has a hoard she, of stuff. She has right. a hoard of stuff. So like, I don't know if you know, um, because Jewish, um, what snow babies are. Are those like hummels? Like those little they're porcelain? Like hummels. Yeah. Like hummels in a way, but they're department 56. And my mother would be so offended because she does not like hummels. <laughs> but... She loves these things called snow babies. Okay. And there are these babies in snowsuits, like little porcelain babies in snowsuits that are like doing different activities with different um, winter wonderland scenes and animals like walruses and moose and things like that. Things that babies should not be around. I feel things like I ba- cannot. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> well, some of the babies have wings. I don't even understand. Are they dead? I don't know. I don't know what's happening with these babies. They exist but in a liminal space where babies they, can wear right. all white and it's always pristine. That's right. And they can hang out with wild animals who are charmed by them and don't. And some of them can fly. Or Try maybe to they're with the them. animals that killed them and they're in heaven now. Like, like I think you're right. Like I think that you, seal attacked that baby and now it's in heaven. But for some reason, I guess the seal is there. Well, exactly. they killed the seal probably. They killed the seal. Right, they euthanized the seal and now they're both right. in hell together. <laughs> But it's cold hell. Christmas. And it's adorable. <laughs> and it's adorable. And it's like Christmassy. Yeah. My mother has like, I think, over 300. And is this one of these, like, what is the, now to be crass, what is the price point for a snow baby? I mean, t- too much and you're never going to make that money back. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's, there's no, there's no world in which the investment, but the investment has been just the joy of seeing the snow babies every year at Christmas. So the snow babies come out, my, they start unpacking the snow babies sometime around right after Halloween, because it takes that long to get them unpacked and out into their snow scenes around my mom's house. Um, but my mom and dad, but, um, but that the snow baby thing has been going on for so many years. It didn't start off with this many snow babies. Um, but so like, I have like snow baby, I, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of decorations. There's a lot of things. We watched a Christmas story. That was our movie. Sure. Growing Do you up. Have, is there a particular snow baby who you feel most identified with where you're like, that one's kind of me? Yeah, for sure. For Which sure. one? Do you know? Well, just like you just gotta look at them. Like one of is she's he she whatever they're they they are they're genderless. They are like rolling a snowball. That's the one I identify with. (laughs) We'll see. I don't know. Sisyphus. It's It's the Sisyphus of snow babies. Just that they're just gonna be rolling that snowball forever and ever. But that actually makes a lot of sense that that's the one I picked. (laughs) It's so interesting. So. And then I'm sorry to harp on this, but the snow scenes, are they the same every year or does it mix up the casting where it's like, oh, this time the seal baby is with the giraffe? Well, no, they've, my parents have done a lot of work um, in their setting up of the snow babies to where it makes the most sense for to them what the scenes are and how one thing, one scene leads into another and 
Um, so they have their spots. Like they definitely are in the same area. And then they've just had to expand. Um, there are, my dad has like built, my dad has built uh, like, you know, with plywood or whatever to um, extend the credenza, my parents' credenza to then like the side table so that the snow babies, and then it all gets covered with like batting, like fake snow so that the snow babies can continue sort of like around the dining table. Wow. That's the ultimate mm-hmm. expression of love, I think, when um, when someone builds a display <gasps> for someone else's shit. I just saw this meme because I only see memes now, um, which I'm so grateful for because it's just so much better than so many other things that I could be seeing. Yes. But I just saw this meme that was like this girl was like, my dad was, my dad was always so <laughs> mean to my mom and made fun of her love of her um, coffee mug collection I was always, like, trying to get her to throw them out and would, like, break one and wouldn't be sorry. And her new husband has built her this special (gasps) shelf that goes floor to ceiling with a little ladder next to it. And it's just perfect sized for all the mugs. And it's, like, displayed in their kitchen. And she's like, ladies, this is is your sign that someone will love the thing that you love. That's very touching. I thought it was really sweet. Touching and yeah. So my dad does. I yeah. My dad like really has. He really has. Um. Also, maybe like enabled. I don't know. We don't know. I was going to say it's like yeah. If if your collection is, it's coffee mugs. It's very benign. If your collection is like, you know, uh, black tar heroin, and someone supports you in that, (laughs) it's a different. It's a different different story. So you don't don't need a, a black tar heroin hutch. That's true. You don't. People aren't usually big on storing. I guess if you're a black tar heroin enthusiast, you don't keep lots of reserves around your problem. No, you don't keep it. We on fact, hand. Do you collect anything? I was going to ask. Are you a collector? Because you have a a keen eye. It seems like for spotting I, something. I'm a real candle hound. <gasps> I love, but you can't really collect them because you burn them. And even if they have a really generous burn time, you're still going to end up with a wick and a little metal disc at the end of it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to hold on to. But I there's a store in Los Angeles called uh, uh, Candle Delirium where I go very often. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'll What's be your the, favorite scent? Well, listen, it's, it's, it's not so simple. It's, it's a real mood ring, which candle you light. I'm partial to uh, charcoal, smoke. Ooh. I'm into the very masculine You're sense. masculine, very yeah. masculine. If there's one thing that says archetypically masculine, it's spending hours in candle delirium <laughs> in West Hollywood by myself, aisle after aisle, hour after hour. I'm like the Marlboro I know candles. I know, I know candle delirium. <laughs> That's amazing. It's a good so, place. Charcoal smoke. Do you ever like layer two candles? Oh, you better believe it. Yeah, you have to. I have, uh, uh, yeah, ambers, vanillas. I also have become a little bit, again, Jewish, but like Christmas stuff. Like I got one of those old, I got this old German man who's smoking a pipe and and reading a newspaper. It's from the 60s. And then you put incense inside him. So it looks like smoke's coming out of his mouth. Like, uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and, or there's like a little thing where you buy all these candles and you put it on this wooden carousel and then the heat of the candles powers the carousel. You know? Yeah, I just found I just found one of them when I was <laughs> so this stuff. 
<laughs> Come to the sale. You can buy fizzies. There. Oh my gosh. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. Don't I love knowing. I love knowing that you're a candle enthusiast. I think that's a wholesome hobby. Yeah, I mean, I shoplift them. I'd so, so it's it's, <laughs> it's really like the thrill of stealing more than the actual candles. But but I also I can't like imagine you were ever a shoplifter. You know, I wasn't. It's your you've. I feel read by you. Have you? Were mm-hmm. you? Were you? Were you a shoplifter? No, never. Really? Mm-mm. I know. You? I I seem like I I. I seem like I would have been. I did drugs, but I never shoplifted. <laughs> I worked school. in a drugstore that I think everyone did a fair amount of helping themselves to like candy, soda, magazines. But I know that somebody that worked there during the time that I worked there was so hardcore because the very nice owner of the pharmacy had like a breakdown and was <gasps> like, you're robbing me blind. And I... I need you to put back some of the things that you've stolen. Some of the things. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I mean, I only took like consumable Snickers bars, so I can't put those Snickers bars back. But then I like realized that someone was stealing like heavy duty, you know, let's say hair color, cosmetics, things like that, that were really putting a dent in the bottom line of the pharmacy. It's really interesting, that thrill stealing thing. Yeah. I don't know. Is it the hope? Well, I guess no one here can say, but I, I no. kind of wonder, is it, is it the titillation of possibly being caught? Is it the feeling that you're sort of quietly telling people to fuck off without actually having to tell them? It's I like, think what? it's like yeah. most, well, not, I mean, I think there's different things, but I think the like preteen teenager, like middle class preteen teenager right. vibe is about like the adrenaline of, getting away with it, but also like you don't have any money and you like, and it's like free, you know, I think that's what that always was for my friends. I mean, I worked nonstop. (laughs) I was a babysitter and then I worked at California Pizza Kitchen. And then sometimes I sold ecstasy to my friends. (laughs) So I like always had cash. Um, And so that, so it was very easy for me not to be, um, not to steal things, but I don't know. I think that's what it is for the for that like particular thing. Bowl and branch. I had my favorite sheets last night on my bed. There, bowl and branch. Oh, bowl and branch. Luxury, <laughs> luxury. I am such a sheet connoisseur is the nice way to say it, but there are other Mm -hmm. more descriptive words that I won't Mm -hmm. sully this advertisement with, but I am a real sheet maven, a sheet diva. I'm going to be honest. I'm not. And I have regretted it now that I've switched (laughs) to the bowl and branch because I'm like, wait, what? Come to the luxurious side. Because I love them so much. Yeah. I love, I got the ones you got. What are those ones what, with the stripes on them? Kind of. Oh, right. Yeah. They have the, they're like 100% organic cotton uh-huh, with uh-huh. a subtle white stripe. Mm-hmm. Like a texture. But it's like a little bit of a texture. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like loving this texture. It just feels so nice. Yeah. When I'm sleeping. <laughs> it's like cozies me up. I'm such a fan. And I wouldn't have probably even gotten that, but you got, you got it first. And then I was like, oh, I want what Casey's getting because I feel like you know how to sleep. (laughs) 
Is that crazy? (laughs) No, I don't think that's crazy at all. I've been putting a lot of research into sleeping for many years. And so I would trust my opinion too. And in a recent customer survey, 96% of users said that Bull & Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Mine is buttery and delicious to sleep in. Did you know that Bull & Branch makes these gorgeous, soft, luxurious sheets without any toxins or chemicals, and that they use the rarest 100% organic cotton that's traceable from family farm to your family home? What? That's amazing. Incredible. Yeah. I almost want to trace it just to go on that journey. We might. We might need to. Maybe (laughs) that should be. I swear to God, maybe we should. We should maybe try. You can also feel the difference with their 30-night worry-free guarantee. I'm telling you guys, 13 versatile colors, all sizes, twin up to Cal King, over 11,000 reviews, loved by millions of sleepers. But the two sleepers you need to trust the most right now are me and Casey. And really it's Casey, but I just took whatever she was getting and ordered it for myself. And I'm telling you, it is, they have become, I'm like, if they're not on my bed, I'm like bummed. I'm like down, I'm downstairs and I'm doing a load of laundry just so I can just get them back onto the bed immediately. Yes, I feel you. I'm the same. Well, sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl & Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code BUSY at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl & Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com. Promo code BUSY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Oh my God, my new AG1 just showed up. I'm so happy. Ah, uh, me too. Out. I was out. I was out. I had run out. And I was done. I had run out too. And it put me I in know. that bad place where I was like being maybe a little accusatory to people in my family if they were like using the AG1 more than, you know, than we had all Once agreed a day. upon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, listen, we all have to share the AG1, you know, but I, it's it's because I was greedy. And so I was just glad to see my new supply be listen, delivered. I was so glad to see my new supply because I also got travel packs and I really need them when I travel. And I realize that now. Yes. Guys, AG1 is a very high quality product. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process. So you know it is safe and the ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrient density. It is one serving, a scoop in water, mix it up. I use my little tiny immersion blender thing that like is for matcha or whatever. Oh like yeah, I love tiny that one. thing. That's actually yeah. what I use for my AG1. Genius. It like whips it up. <laughs> and then I'm like so excited to drink it. AG1 tastes so good. And it's and so easy. It's so easy. I'm at the point where like some of those vitamin pills are so big and I'm trying to take multiple ones. I just, I can't, Mm -mm. I can't swallow a fistful of vitamins and supplements. No. And also, can I be honest, taking sometimes the vitamins in that way does make my stomach hurt. Yeah. And AG1, every serving delivers the daily dose of vitamins, minerals, but also pre and probiotics. Yeah. It's just like a very easy habit. It's healthy. It's very simple. And you know that you're getting all of the things, like especially because I don't know, the way that we eat and live our lives is like chaotic. We're all over the place. Who knows, like Casey talks about today, like eating hearts of palm 
noodles because she's like, I don't know if I'm getting enough vegetables. And I just always feel with AG1, I know that at least all of the gaps in my nutrition are being filled by AG1. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I it's love really it. really great peace of mind. And yeah. I just highly recommend it. If you like, if you're a person who's like, maybe I should add a green drink in, even if you did it like three times a week, I'm not kidding. Like yeah. it makes a difference. Even if you did it twice a week, it makes a difference. But you're going to do it, end up doing it every you're day. You're going to want to do like, it every day. You will because it's easy and it makes you feel great. If there's one product that we had to recommend to elevate your health, we have been recommending it for <laughs> many years now. For and it's years. AG1. Um, it's why we love partnering with them. And it's why they are such a valuable part of both of our routines. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs, my favorite, with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash busy. That's drinkag1.com slash busy. Check it out. So California Pizza Kitchen, babysitting and drug dealer, usually... Honey, a bitch contains multitude. (laughs) You know what I mean? I always have. I have been... I have to... We have to hold all things, Zach. We can't just be one thing. I guess what I'm curious is like, was there a point where you're like, you know what, this ecstasy thing is pretty lucrative. I don't actually need to work at California Pizza Kitchen anymore. Or did you just keep your business kind of boutique-y and small and so you still had to sling that job? It was more that like, no, I, it was more that, it was more that I was like dating boys that were older, that were, that were selling ecstasy. So I would like do it every once in a while. If like somebody at school asked me if I could get it, I would do it and like mark it up insanely, but not, that wasn't like a, that wasn't a job. That was just you right, know, that happens supplementary. Dance. Yeah, <laughs> that was just a little like... extra Christmas money. But did you feel that now that's interesting to me too? It's like the combination of also like babysitter slash girl who's dating older drug dealers is an interesting Zach, how old are you? Can I ask? I'm of course I'm 39. Okay. Yeah. I'm but 44. I... And um in 1990. Five and 1996, I don't know one teenage girl who wasn't dating a 20-year-old. If you weren't dating someone, I, true story, I went to a high school dance with a gentleman who asked me, <laughs> and he came to the door to pick me up, and my uh, my grandmother screamed, your date's dad's here, but it was my date because he looked like Kenny Loggins and he was a great deal older than I was. He looked like Kenny Loggins? <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I said yes cuz like, I was like he kind of looks I like Kenny Loggins. I have a friend, Loggins. I'm not going to blow up her spot. I have a friend in LA who's a screenwriter who's a little bit older than me. She's like late 40s and she legitimately in high school was dating a 31-year-old. Like, in the early 90s. And she was like, yeah, my parents knew. Like, he would come to take me on dates. Like, you cannot understand the unhinged nature of what it was like to be a young woman in the, in the 90s. Like, in, the, in the suburbs, just, particularly. But even just, like, the, the difference in our ages, it's like, I don't know. It's so wild. <laughs> like, I, my I mean, kids yeah. love... 
Full House, you know, the, yes. the TV show Full House. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but I we watched, you know, that it had a resurgence and they like did a reboot of it. But we, Birdie and I used to watch, my older daughter used to watch the original. And there is towards the later seasons when when DJ um, is like a teenager, she fully is dating a guy who's like 25 and she's 17. <laughs> and, and that's just like on a family show that was like aired on... I don't know, Saturdays at like 6 p.m. or whatever. Like, <laughs> it was just very much um, part of the culture of what being a teenage girl was. Like, you're going to be sexualized by older people. And like, not only that, like, it's fine. You should date older men. Like, it's good. You're good. Everything's was, good. It was such Monica a Monica Lewinsky was the one that was like the, you know, she was the one that was like put out to all of us right. as like, being like a vixen who like seduced the breath. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Or or um the Long Island Lolita. Right. I read every one of those. Um my God, what was her name? Why can't I remember her name? It was Joey Buttafuco. Amy Fisher. Amy Fisher, 15 years old when she met like 40-year-old mechanic Joey Buttafuco. <laughs> but she was the one that was like a Lolita. That little Jezebel. That little oh Jezebel. My it's like what in God's name? Anyway, so I appreciate the question, but I'm just giving you a little no feminist history I mean, for. And now looking back, I my father let the real Art Garfunkel take me to a Sadie Hawkins dance when I was in <laughs> middle school. So I, it all makes much more sense now. It's like he was not protecting my virtue, but it was the culture's fault. But yeah, it was I, the culture's I, fault. I, there's some crazy thing. I wish I could remember. It might be Una O'Neill or someone. I can't remember. There was some, I think it was one of Eugene O'Neill's daughters who basically, she was a kid. She might've been 16 or 17. And she dated, it was like Charlie Chaplin, um, uh, I wish I could remember all of them. It was like, it was like the, she dated like the whole 20th century. It was like Charlie Chaplin, Orson Welles, like Fatty uh, Arbuckle. Fatty Arbuckle <laughs> went to, who can blame her? But I think like it was, it was like she, and there's a picture of her at a nightclub drinking milk because she couldn't drink. And it was like all these guys, maybe Howard Hawks, I can't remember, but it was like all these like titans of industry and cultural luminaries. And they were all dating this girl who was so young, I think like 16. And she would I just mean, drink milk at the club. Maybe 16. I don't know. And, and, and I, I always oh, yeah, wonder sorry, in case, I always wonder in cases like that, like what did they see in that shot like what what's the you know what i mean like what do all of these titans of the 20th century see in a child but i guess it wasn't really about her i Did guess you, that's what i have so many questions can we talk about this for a second i have so many yeah. questions about this so one question i have is i've talked to a lot of friends of mine who dated older men when they were younger and the consensus seems to be that the guys were either straight up like predators or just like irredeemably pathetic. Is there anyone who you dated when you were younger where you were like, that was demonstrably bad because of the age gap, but where you maintain some sort of feeling, fond feeling, or is it always just like these fucking no. creeps? No, yeah. Always these creeps. Always. Always. And and I'm just going to tell you, like all of my friends, same. That's I don't have I, one yeah. friend who was like, he was a really great guy. He was a really... <laughs> here's... Oh, you know what? And this actually doesn't really count, but my friend, Kate, who passed away, 
over the summer, which like, so our podcast listeners have heard about her a lot. But when we were in our early 20s, she met her, the man that became her husband. And he was like 12 or 13 years older than us, which when you're in your early 20s, I'm trying to think if we, we could legally drink, I think, when they met. I think we were 21 when they met. But, like, it seemed crazy. Like, I was like, this is a man in his, like, firmly ensconced in his 30s with two small children. What? That's crazy. But he didn't, he never seemed like a creep. He just seemed like, I don't know, like a guy they who just, was a lot older. They just dug each other. Yeah. They just dug each other. That was, I, but that's the only time that it's happened where someone's been, more than 10 years older. I mean, Mark is nine years older than me, but I met him when I was in my late 20s. So yeah, yeah. Eh, I don't know. I will say I've talked about him. I've talked about this boy on the podcast before. He wasn't a boy. He was a guy. He was older. When I was a very young teenager, I dated a guy that was also a drug dealer. And the reason I dated him is because I I knew he had sold drugs to my father. And so I was trying to get my father to be upset or something so or something you didn't have it really thought out let's be I didn't really have it I just thought it would like get a reaction out of my dad and like I was I was interested to hear what he would say my dad said nothing about it dating that guy was like um it was like being like a miniature mob wife like he just financed everything because he had so much money he wouldn't do anything with me but he would like buy me a dress to go to a dance and you know uh pay for the tickets and pay for tickets that I want anyway 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 what i want to say is it could have been terrible and that sounds like a bad guy and the reasons that we ever dated at all were totally fucked up the, all that being said, he grew up to be kind of like a nice-ish guy, I think. He's an artist mm. and like, you know, I think he just had like a weird gothic is upbringing. Like, Should we, I date him? <laughs> I don't I mean, think just, he is. Okay, I don't I'm think he asking. is, but I'll look. I'll look into it. I'll look into it. Anyway. But, you know, my daughter is obsessed with Priscilla Presley. So my daughter's 15 and she's obsessed with Priscilla and, and sort of just obsessed with the idea that as a teenager, people were just like, okay, like she can be with this man and made her like an icon um, at such, at a, in her teen years. And when Bertie was just, had just turned 14, we went to one of the Harry, many Harry Styles shows that we went to. And it was the night that we were pretty sure and it ended up happening that she got to meet Harry. And she came downstairs, Zach, dressed in one of my vintage, like, 60s dresses. And she looked like like she was, like, from the 60s. And in the car on the way there, she goes, you know, Priscilla Presley was 14 when she met Elvis. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it was this a is a different time. And I, and I was like, it's, a, it's really a different time. It's not going to happen. He would literally go to jail. <laughs> so, um, so whatever you're thinking and, uh, you know, his girlfriend is, if you get to meet him, it's because of his girlfriend. So <laughs> let's just like, <laughs> but she was saying it kind of just to be a little bit provocative to me, but it was also kind of hilarious. <laughs> it's so, yeah, there's something very sweet about it. The kind of like misbegotten yearning towards this. I mean, I think that's, of course, this is like hardly a novel idea, but those, those adolescent crushes are just like, 
such useful kind of Rorschach tests for who you want to be or what you can sort of project whatever you want onto them and, and make them these icons of something that you aspire to or, or, or a way that you want to be seen. So I remember those feelings of like, oh, like Who giving, did you love when you I were I was going to say, who do you remember like giving you a visceral, like I remember shaking watching Michael Jackson do the moonwalk on no television for the first Michael time. Michael Jackson, really? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, he yeah. wasn't my first celebrity crush. I just remember being so amped up by seeing him. My first celebrity crush was Kermit the Frog. Oh, wow. What a sweetheart. That's a really rainbow connection. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, who was your first? The first one that I really remember clearly is I remember seeing, I mean, I'm sure there were ones before this, but I remember seeing Goodwill Hunting and Minnie Driver in that movie. It was the oh. first time she had that kind of like babbling brook of a voice, like that gurgly, like incredible mm-hmm. voice. And and I remember that was the first movie where I saw a kind of they they go on this date to like a novelty shop and then they kiss and they both are like eating and she makes this joke about who she got some of his pickle in her mouth when she was kissing it was kind of gross and it was just something where it's like oh it can be playful it's like it's not always these kind of like self-conscious sexy mm-hmm. like posy kind of thing it, it, it was so warm and so affectionate but also really maybe the p- fact that she was british made her sort of exotic too yeah and, right that and you saw one. yourself as like a genius. So you like uh, more. Put, you I saw could, myself like, as a, a tough guy from Southie and the right. thing was kind of right. secondary. But yeah, I saw myself as a, oh my as God. a Boston and, bruiser. As but, you uh, wouldn't have you wouldn't have broken up with Minnie Driver on television. No way, Jose. <laughs> But it, well, that's it, real life. That's real life. That was real life. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he was, he was, you know, hoping to take it from the screen to real life, maybe. Like, maybe you were thinking she could love you in real life. It wasn't mm-hmm. Minnie Driver that I had the crush on, though. It was Skyler or something. Yeah, the Skyler. Yeah. yeah. Like, did you have, like, this is something I like to think about this. Like, if you had to either, yeah, I guess it's kind of a fuck, Mary kill. It's like if you had to spend the rest of your life with a fictional character or have sex with a fictional character, mm. which one would you choose? I mean, I gather maybe uh, maybe it would be George Bailey for you from It's a Maybe George Bailey, Jack Tripper from Three's Company. Oh, interesting. Are okay. you marrying Jack Tripper? What's happening? I mean, I'm... Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah, maybe marrying Jack Tripper so he could live honestly in an apartment without having to lie to the to the superintendent. Uh, yeah, how about you? What fictional character would you guys be with? For life? You mean like to live yeah. with forever? I mean, no one, or, honestly, but <laughs> clearly... You know, I'm getting divorced. So it's like if I could think about life long, then, you know, maybe I'd be in a different place. I loved, um, I loved Leonardo DiCaprio when I was a teen girl. I loved him from Romeo and Juliet. And then, of course, I was going to say, he's he's real. Yeah. And then it has that Harry Styles kind of non threatening thing where he's not. He doesn't have a five o'clock shadow. He doesn't have like a deep gravelly voice. He's like a, he's the sort of perfect transition into, I think, I make, I think almost everyone had a crush on him appropriately. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's right. Yes. Yeah. That's the perfect teen heartthrob for a girl. Is a, is a, is a sort of soft mask boy. 
That's like what, they, right? That's what they're called, soft mask boys. Yeah, I mean, I like right? that I, phrase. I haven't heard. Of. Yeah, it's like they're just sort of like they're just like so, yeah, softly masculine. Um, I feel like um, I feel like oh, and baby girl, right? Everybody's calling them baby girl now. Like, right. like that's what the Jacob Elordi is giving you. Yes. He's giving you baby girl. Like, um, I think Leo back in the day would have been baby girl. Chalamet. is a baby girl, for sure. I mean, major baby girl. Zach, I have a question for you. Okay. Did you always want to be a performer, and did you ever envisage yourself as, like, a teen heartthrob, like, back in the— Do you think you could (laughs) have— Did you think of yourself in in those terms? No. You guys, no shit, the babysitter just texted me. Sorry, you're going to have to ask the question again. But how weird is that? Just now, this second. What did she text you? She just, I don't know. I didn't look at it yet. But like, I'm having such a weirdly psychic (laughs) situation right now that I am conjuring things that I can't even, I got to get control of this shit. I don't know if it's the energy of all these boxes being open and going through all my shit. But like something is fucking happening. Your third eye. But I believe that stuff, like unbox, like that, that kind of thing. Like, it sounds like a tectonic kind of emotion, like to, to literally sort through the museum of your old life together. I mean, that is so intense and must sort of reverberate through your day and your body in ways that is like hard to even sum up, I would think. Yeah, it's been really weird. Oh my but gosh. also great, but yeah, but weird. And I think, yeah, things are coming out of the woodwork. I don't know. It's bizarre. Wait, okay, so Zach... Um, did you always want to be a performer? No. Well, I wanted to be a musician when I was a kid. I thought I would be a musician. I wanted to play, uh, I wanted to be a jazz musician. And oh then I got, God. I got braces and I couldn't really play anywhere. I played trumpet. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> really? You did? Yes. I mean, I, I still do a little bit, but not like I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't offer to play for you. No, I wouldn't offer either. I can play for like three minutes and then the muscles fail. That's so, like yeah. Yes, yes. Although it probably would like help my face as I uh, head into my golden years. Your maybe. face requires no assistance. But I would uh, say that I, for me, it was like the um, the trumpet stuff. I, I, so I guess that is a performer thing. And to your question about whether or not I envisaged myself as a heartthrob, I spent most of the day, I would wear a big gray, dirty winter coat all day. <laughs> Because I think I was so skeletal and so sad and tired that it felt comforting to me to just be constantly kind of ensconced in 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 down alternative or whatever. And then I had like a greasy mullet, which is honestly not that different from what I have right now. And and uh, I would uh, wear a fedora because I thought that no, made me a real absolutely. jazzer. One time, busy. I was walking in the street in high. I was high school, high school age, or maybe middle school. I was walking in the street uh, in northern Manhattan, probably like 110th Street, and a guy pulled up at an intersection, <laughs> leaned over, <laughs> rolled down the window, and just went, "Lose the hat," and then drove away. <laughs> and I, I just took the hat and threw it in the trash. Real? You took the tip? You took the advice? Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm not going to spit in God's face if he sends one of his messengers to give me this valuable information. That was, a, that was straight up from one of your angels. Oh, yeah. That was from a light team member that was like, <laughs> I am going to just help. This kid needs some fucking yes. guidance. Somebody. That was Clarence oh, for me. Wow. My God. Are you drinking milk right now? 
No, it's a dirt. It's like a gingery drink. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're hearing it too. A sound we, guy told me once that kissing and eating are the two grossest sounds. If you're listening 100%. to people's like, mics and that they sound identical. Well, yes, can I tell 100%. you that sometimes I eat on this podcast um, and uh, our fans hate it more than anything ever. But it's just a product of the fact that like I have so many things happening and then I'll like forget to eat and then halfway I'll be like, I'm my brain doesn't work anymore. Oh, no, I need to eat something. Um, but Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who is a friend of mine, asked me to be on his podcast which is where you just go eat together on a podcast. And I was like, Jesse, have you workshopped this? Like, because in my experience, people get very mad when I eat a turkey sandwich while we're doing the podcast. Maybe it's and just like, there's freaks that just like that noise. And if I they're prepared there for it, it's one thing. But surprise eating when or kissing when you're not expecting it can be like a little repulsive, maybe. Also, though, I do sort of, am, like now I'm kind of like, I kind of wish it was milk that you were drinking. <laughs> you were just like a... A baby girl? 38-year-old baby girl. Who just, just a baby girl just drinking like milk. milk. He's still <laughs> baby girl. Also, there's a, like a secret or whatever. There's like a secret um, Instagram account at my teenager's high school that's just called Milk. And they just take pictures secretly of people drinking milk and like put them on blast for being milk drinkers. It's, it makes me laugh. It's so brutal. Hard. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. I will I confess know. something that I don't think I've ever confessed, which is that one time I remember being in elementary school and there was this girl who had a thermos, like one of these kind of decorative thermoses and it was full of strawberry milk and it was a plastic thermos. She dropped it on the ground. The thermos cracked open and this torrent of strawberry milk cascaded out onto the floor. And I remember thinking about her. And this is, I generally, I, I think I'm a pretty empathic person and I really love people and care about them. But something about seeing this girl's strawberry milk hit the floor made me look at her like, like a, like a Nazi would look at like a non-Nazi. I just remember thinking like you subhuman, like with your sloppy strawberry milk all over the place, puddling, you you animal. I remember God. like weird You like contempt. found her disgusting. Yes, yeah. it's so yeah. crazy. She was really nice. I never said anything, oh but inside my body, inside, there was just like broke a fire of disapproval. And I can't tell you why. So when I hear about the milk, the milk, McCarthy's. I'm uh, I'm really into it. <laughs> Those are your people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really funny. Like I actually I do understand it. I do. I really get it. I get it. And like some of the well anyway, it's a fun it's a really funny thing. I keep telling Mark he has to write it into a movie at some point cuz it's <laughs> so a, fucking funny. There's a I think he's talking about this publicly, but I won't say his name just in case I haven't. But there's a fairly well-known stand-up comedian who I believe breastfed until he was like 10. And he says he remembers changing the channel while he no. was breastfeeding. Oh, no. my God. No. Listen, listen. That's what one time my husband, we lived in Park Slope in Brooklyn. No. And one time we took our son to a little birthday party that he was invited to. First of all, there was not cake. There was bagels only. And so I was like, that's strike one. But then strike two, the birthday boy went over to his mom, unbuttoned her shirt himself, sat down, undid the bra and started nursing. Undid the bra? 
Yeah. And then Dang. he was um he would like stop nursing to take a bite of his birthday bagel, like in between, and then go back to nursing. And I was like, that's it. We gotta get out of like we've seen everyone's boobs in the whole neighborhood, and we gotta get out of here. It's our time has come. We he gotta would wrap stop it up. Eating his birthday bagel to take a <laughs> sip from his mother's breast. That is the funniest. Most fucked up funny sense of it. <laughs> it was so, and I was like, he's getting like yeah. like na- like gnashed bagel on her boob. It was. Listen, it was I all- don't know anything. I, maybe that's developmentally helpful. I'm not. I'm not issuing I'm sure condemnations about. I have no idea. I'm the last person to hold court about what appropriate what appropriate nursing looks like. But I just think the image of someone having a birthday bagel while they're. <laughs> 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 I just felt like it wasn't helping my development anymore to see it. Like, I'm so happy for those people. Right. But for me, I'm moving to Connecticut. You. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to move to Connecticut where everyone's bras are on all the time. Cause that, Even well, right. That's for me. Yeah. I think yeah. there's got to be a middle crown, guys. <laughs> that's right. You know what I mean? Bras Yollies. You have a yeah. Bialy as a six-year-old. Do a little Easier breastfeeding and then call it a day. <laughs> Um, Zach, okay, I feel like Zach, you're interviewing us a little bit. Oh, I know. No. Sorry. Which but it's is making a, me no, feel it's appropriate because mm-hmm. we want to talk about your new show oh. in the know. Casey, Casey and I both had the same thought, but she was like, I'm going to fucking say it. I'm going to go through because just, in the know. I just was this, having the exact in the know. Yeah. So I'm good. obsessed okay. with this show. Tell us about how you had the idea. And like, then we'll explain to people who haven't seen it, but I hope everyone's seen it. But we'll explain to people a little bit what it's about and what it's like. I can assure you everyone hasn't seen it. <laughs> we just had our call. It's a series about NPR's third most popular host interview. He's an interviewer and his little sort of brigand of uh, public radio people who help him make his show. And his name's Lauren Caspian, and he has a girlfriend who's also named Lauren. And he's this kind of Frankenstein <laughs> of all of these different NPR hosts, the kind of um, Ira Glass and Malcolm Gladwell and and Terry Gross and Michael Barbaro. And I mean, I guess not all of those people are, are NPR hosts, strictly speaking, but a kind of East Coast intelligentsia. Yeah. And uh, the inter- it's a stop motion show. So it's, it's, it's uh, done with puppets, except he interviews real guests who appear on video and he asks them kind of enthusiastically insufferable questions. And that's the Were show. Were you like it's a space so, ghost fan? I was going to say a space ghost coast to coast. It, we uh, were ripping off space ghost a bit. Like Mike Judge, who uh, co-created the show with me and my writing partner, Brandon Gardner, called me because I, I was on a show called Silicon Valley that he made. And he would notice that I would ask people a lot of questions mm-hmm. and that I also, I think, just had the kind of aroma of NPR hanging on me <laughs> like a noxious cloud. <laughs> and so he was like, what if we did a show that was like, you know, live interviews, but you're an NPR stop motion guy. And then we started flushing it out together. And that's how it came to be. It's incredibly funny. It looks fantastic. Thanks. The uh, stop motion. It's just so refreshing to see. It also like gives me visually PJs vibes. Like anybody yeah. PJs. Oh, that's oh. nice. Cool. Oh, one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, but you are just so so funny. Everything you do always is so funny. That's kind and generous. 
I mean, there's such an economy to your comedy where just like I feel like you're getting so many laughs per line that you're ever saying in anything, which is it's it's just a pleasure to watch for me. Um, is the show improv at all? That the interviews. Yeah, the interviews are all improvised except for one which we wrote for Jorge Masvidal, who is a cage fighter. He's like this right wing cage fighter, and we wanted to do a story where Fabian, who's this sort of hardcore progressive research uh, director at the station, and yeah. him have this very unlikely connection where they both sort of. <laughs> are receptive to each other's vulnerability and woundedness. And they have this <laughs> kind of almost like before sunset moment. Uh, uh, and so that one we wrote, but the other ones, but he actually improvised a lot of that too. But all the other ones we would just say, this is going to be like an NPR interview. Just please don't mention he's a puppet, but you can say whatever else you want. And then they would just look at a picture of the puppet and we'd do an interview. It's incredible. You have amazing guests, uh, Jonathan Van Ness and Roxanne Gay, who's been on the podcast. And she just, was amazing. Uh, Tegan and Sarah were yeah. really funny. The best, I, I the mean, best. everybody, I love that. I love seeing folks getting a chance to be really funny. It's so great. It's six episodes. It's on Peacock right now. So you people should go watch it today, is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, your kids can wait to be picked up from school. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mm-hmm. They'll figure oh, out yeah. what to do. They'll know. They'll figure out what to do. It's good for yeah. them. They'll find an ecstasy dealer. <laughs> <laughs> an ecstasy like dealer an baby man to date. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <There's, laughs> your refusal to watch this show when you should be picking them up is keeping them from the silver fox that is their <laughs> is their manifest destiny. Their next boyfriend. Yeah. Hiya. Hiya, hiya, vitamins. <laughs> if you're looking for a new children's vitamin, if you have a picky eater, if you've got a kid that only eats things that are one color, like beige <laughs> or whatever, you might yes. need you might need to get them. You might need to get them a vitamin. But here's the deal: and take it from two moms who are experienced and one mom who's very experienced in a gummy junk vitamin situation that almost rotted every baby tooth in Birdie's head out of her face. Oh, Typical no. children's vitamins are basically just candy. I'm just going to tell you. It's like it's like tons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and tons of gummy junk that just gets stuck in their little teeth, and then you're feeling judged at the dentist. You feel That's so all. bad because my, you, you think you're doing the right thing. I thought and I was then... doing a good thing. It's not. Right. It wasn't. But that's right. why Haya was created, because it's a pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin that most kids' vitamins, while, like we said, have so much sugar in them and can contribute to a bunch of health issues. In my case, it was mostly just cavities. (laughs) (laughs) Haya is made with zero sugar, zero gummy junk, but it tastes really good and it's perfect for picky eaters. You know, just pop them in their little mouths. Yeah, it's Um, pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. They're supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, all the good stuff that you need to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. Kids need all that. Those are all the things that we're worrying about as moms. They need it. Yeah. And also, it's designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So we don't have to worry about that either. It's just going to, it'll show up 
for you. Yeah. Um, I gave Haya to a couple friends with kids for holiday gifts because it's so fun to decorate the little bottle that comes to your door. And they said they really loved it. So kids love it. (laughs) I love it. I love it for kids. I love it for us. I love it for you. Um, We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim the deal, you got to go to HayaHealth.com slash busy. This deal's not available on the regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash busy and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Oh, Lumi has really come in handy this past week for me. <laughs> oh, no. Have I'm not been? kidding you because it's the it's the combination of doing all of this like labor of like moving and unpacking things, which, you know, makes you sweaty, but also the stress of it, which also makes you kind of smell weird. Yeah. And also forced heat from my buildings and like, I'm like sweat, I'm like sweating, I'm cold, I'm hot, I smell bad, I'm stressed. And Lumi is amazing. And I have the whole body deodorant. I have the travel size just in my bag. Yeah. Like we talked with our guest today, Zach Woods, about like what is in your bag. Well, for me, it's a couple of things. There's another advertiser on our podcast that this is not about what I always have that mascara in my bag. I always have my travel Lumi whole body deodorant in yes. in my bag because yeah. because you never know when you're out and about and you're like wait is that me am I oh oh it's me oh it's right. me right okay well let me just go on into the bathroom and and the thing is the whole body element is that like sometimes it's like between my boobs that smells funky right you know what I mean sometimes yes. it's your like Sometimes it's your like crotch, which Lumi was developed by an OBJYN. Right. Um, to work not just on your armpits, but also on your feet, privates, everywhere you get odor, no matter where you use it. Right. Lumi is because clinically we all proven. Do. Yeah. Oh my God. Also, I have to get a new one to give to a friend of mine who's got a little boy who's just entering the age where their feet start to stink. <laughs> right. And because it's like you guys, moms know what I'm talking about. Like there's yeah. one, like it's like not when you think it's going to be. You're like, oh, it's pre It's not. It's like younger. Yeah. They get like really pre-pubescent, pre-pre-pubescent stinky feet. Anyway, <laughs> and I like am such a fan of the Lumi deodorant for and all of those things. Just because throwing also this I, out there, the scents are so great. Like you don't have to get scented if you don't want to. I have an array of scents and no matter what scent I ever put on, my husband is always like, oh my God, why do you smell so good? And I'm like, it's, dude, it's my deodorant. And yeah, he, can, I like, he can never I believe it. I use the lavender because I just like to be soothed wherever I am. Yeah, they all smell amazing. Well, it's also baking soda free, paraben free, again, pH balanced. I feel it's safe to use on my kids. It's safe enough for you. Um, we're just huge fans. And new customers are going to get $5 off Lumi's starter pack with our exclusive code. Use the code BEST at lumideodorant.com, L U M E D E O. D-O-R-A-N-T dot com. 
And that's yeah. great. The starter pack is perfect for new customers because it comes with try a solid stick deodorant, the cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice. This is where I go mini because you can get like mini body wash, the deodorant wipes, which are also great in your purse yes. or your bag. Plus, they're going to give you free shipping. Anyway, special offer just for our listeners. New customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with our code BEST at lumideodorant.com. That's equivalent to over 40% off your starter pack. That's a huge discount. When you visit lumideodorant.com and use our code BEST. I think it's so great. I want, I'm curious though about the, like, why you decided to do the stop motion animation versus making it a TV show. I, I think like a, a regular. No, I get you. Yeah. I, I think part of it is just like if you're going to play these kind of twee, fragile, delicate, spindly characters who are being controlled by forces that are, are outside of their own awareness, a puppet is obviously the kind of uh, appropriate medium for that. And then the other thing is I think we wanted to poke fun at ourselves and we wanted to have as long a leash as possible to be like pretty pointed about stuff that we find ridiculous about our set um, and ourselves. And I think things that can feel mean-spirited in live action, when you add in the kind of like on the whimsical stop motion thing can make soften the bite of things in a way. So that was another reason. And then something I didn't realize until after we were doing it is that I think at the core of my worldview and and hopefully at the core of anything I make is the idea that people are always more than one thing. I think, you know, interesting. Yeah. That's a theme we've brought up earlier today. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I think there's like a real tendency to, to shrink ourselves and each other down to a, a kind of single identity or a single ideology or a single act, good or bad, you know, And that, of course, like everyone contains a gazillion people within them. And something that I, I can't take credit for, but that I realized as we were doing it is that with stop motion, because there's like 30 different animators, each character has 30 different little souls ricocheting around inside of them. So each animator is bringing their particular facial expressions, their tics, their habits, their yearnings, their you know fears, and putting it into these little so bodies. Cool. And so it, there's a kind of multifacetedness that is just like bred into the technical process of stop motion that I thought was really lovely. It's so I cool. Love that. That's so cool. And I also like, do, do feel like the character benefits from exactly what you are saying. You know that on IMDb, your trivia is that you have, or not trivia, that your, your trademark is towering height. Really? I'll take mm-hmm. it. How tall are but, you? Six four. It's not. You're towering. It's a, it's a modest tower. It's a tower. I do think you could curl up in a chair like a baby girl. Like you could do in a lordy. <laughs> you could. You I do. I bet you you do. Don't you? You're it's, a curler. Yeah, I constantly am yeah. a curler. You're but a curler. The lordy and baby. You're, I think of him as being like a kind of like like he's a huge. masculine idol. Yeah, he's a gargantua. And oh no no, but they no, but they yeah. call him. But like you have to look at you have to look at pictures of him where he's just like he's like curled up doing interviews with like his knees like up tucked up under him. And he has a clutch a lot, doesn't he? Or some he sort loves of his bag. clutch. Wait, he has his little bag because he needs all of his things with him. Which is like, yeah, no shit, Jacob Alordi. Like we all need all of our things with us. That's why we carry our bags. 
Um, he has a saucy little clutch, and that's what makes him the baby girl. But he and he, what is in there? Anti shine. I mean, who knows? We don't we know. Don't know. We're not that's privy. A good question. We he hasn't done springs he ha- of spearmint. <laughs> he hasn't done the us, us weekly. What's in your bag? Which we How need him rude. to do. It's rude. Do it's you carry rude. a bag? Are do you, I have a bag? Yeah. I have a backpack like a child. <laughs> I go around with a backpack because the kids, I don't want to carry a thing. But then you are a grown man with a backpack and you just look like a fucking prick. But. It's such a comedy thing. It's such a comedy guy thing. To have your backpack. backpack. That like yeah. actually, it, it's triggering for me. As for it me, be. it's triggering. What's in, what are your three most important things in your backpack? First, thermos of strawberry milk. Yes, that's right. Like all hatreds, it originated from self-loathing. It was it was her strawberry milk. I hated my strawberry milk, and I just assigned that to, to Lindsay in third grade. But um, yeah, so strawberry milk. Uh, what is in a backpack? A lot of times, I like gum and mints and things like that. Okay. Uh, What's course, your favorite gum and mint? You know, well, I'll tell you what I don't like. Is those goddamn, they're like, they're like, hippie gum where it's got like a picture of the actual like like peppermint it has the root yeah yeah yeah. it's a fucking root and then you bite it for two seconds and then and then it's just like a horrible kind of unyielding (laughs) like wizards cum in your mouth i'm sorry that's a gross (laughs) way yes i feel like that that gum sort of like it reaches a moment where it disintegrates and it doesn't even hold together as gum anymore and i'm like who do you think you are calling yourself gum and they and it's elite gum too. It's like an ex- overpriced. So I don't like that gum. I like no. you know just like a Trident Orbit that kind of thing. And then mm-hmm. um, and then you know a copy of uh, Ted Kaczynski's letter to the New York Times that he <laughs> Obviously. wrote. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Really. And then uh, unbearable lateness. A Tamagotchi. Then I have a Tamagotchi, and that's all I need. Oh I my! I still feel that my mom gave me a Tamagotchi when I was like in my twenties, and had my first job in New York City. I guess I must have wanted one when I was a kid and she couldn't afford it. So then she got me one in my 20s. And then one night I went out drinking and I slept in the next day and I let my Tamagotchi die and I still feel terrible about it. I do think you can reset them, but that's just, I'm just saying. Yeah, but that's not the point. Like, you know, it's not the point. It looked, it was the, the the pivotal act of parenting was your mother getting you the Tamagotchi. Mm-hmm. You then being a good parent to the Tamagotchi is, I think, an is an ancillary benefit. You don't have to do that. My father gave me once copy. My my grandfather fought in World War II and he was in, he got malaria. I mean, I don't think he fought. I think he like repaired tank treads or something. But Well, he, still important. Yeah, sure. But he bought, he got this packet of photos when he was in Egypt, I think, which had like iconic images. So it would be like Adolf Hitler and Patton and whatever, but it was from World War II. And my father gave them to me once uh, as I guess just sort of a gift. And I was with a friend of mine who was a comedian and I was like, oh my God, I think it would be so funny if I could sneak one of these old like 70 year old pictures of Adolf Hitler into his pants pocket so that, like, if he's out on a date or he's at a Stop meeting it. or something, he, like, reaches in his pocket to, like, get out his phone and then, like, an ancient picture of Hitler falls out. And and I did it. I got it in his pocket. And then I told my dad, I was like, you're never going to believe it. I got these old pictures of Hitler in my friend's pocket. And he was like, wait, those were your grandfather's. You should not give those away. But I was like, but what better use? I don't, I don't want just a picture of Hitler in my house. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, why would you want that? You gave it a whole second know. life. 
Right. It's like Toy Story. It's like the, <laughs> it's out in the world now. That's what this is something about. that guys do though. This what? this thing specifically. Like, and then did your friend find it and know it was yours? You know, that's did that I, happen? I wish and then no. I think I don't know. I think probably what happened because I told him, I was like, did you find the Hitler picture? He's like, no. So it's possible that may have happened is he went to a meeting or something and he just accidentally left the <laughs> time. It just fell out on the ground as he was leaving. That's actually even better. I know. I don't know. I have like several guy friends who do this thing. Mark and Phil Lord do this thing where they have that. There's like a picture that they have that like. Show us your joker. I, I don't even. What, what does that mean? Is that a thing? What? Is that a thing? I where it's like it just goes it back is. and forth. Like they like. They like, we'll get it. And then Mark, Mark just found it in a box. And he's like, oh my God, it's the fucking thing. We got, I was like, I guess you got it. We got to go on vacation. You got to go on vacation with Phil Lord again. Like, I don't even know how you're going to get back to it. He's going to, he'll figure it out, I guess. But like, I, he's like the, they're like the third friend, dude friends that I know that like do a version of that thing where they have like a thing that like. They just they pass back and forth. Pass back and forth. They're like, neither one of them fucking, you get it. Now you get it. Now you get it. Like, it's kind of fun. You've heard of this, I'm sure, the thing of like, the, that men prefer, I mean, of course, this is like re- reductive and stupid, but that like men prefer to have conversations in cars or watching something because you're both looking out. You don't have to mm-hmm. endure the mm-hmm. agony of looking into each other's eyes. So there's always this mm-hmm. sort of transitional object. It's like how yeah. like a dog will take a toy when it's overwhelmed because it mm-hmm. needs some third thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's all kinds of versions of that where it's like, oh, this yeah. is a receptacle for all these feelings. I can ricochet my love for you off of a Hitler picture mm-hmm. on in from my heart to yours, but I can't throw straight from my heart to your heart. I need Hitler somewhere in that mix, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Oh, whoa. Yeah. That's super deep. Yeah. We all need, we all need that. It really, <laughs> um, it really is. I'm going to be looking at the men in my house a little differently today. Thanks to you, Zach. Well, look, no, I, I also, think, yeah. yeah. By the way, those are my sons and my husband. I didn't want you to think that I live just with a bunch of men. That'd be weird. I thought you I just had like a harem. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You're like Tilda Swinton. I pictured like like a you know like the Iditarod where it's like the dog. I pictured you like instead of huskies, just a bunch of bronzed gods <laughs> pulling your sleigh. It's kind of well, like not far off. In a way, not far off. I feel like they they're it's a group of great guys. Two are my sons. They're big fans of yours. I'm big fans of theirs now because I all I require is praise. Do, <laughs> do you guys have? Can I ask you a question now? Do you feel like you have some version of that where you'll need, like, a certain conversation will be too intense? Okay, so, like, my dad's a therapist, and so in his office, he would have mm. all these, what he would call hate toys, which yes. were, like, these little, like, physical puzzles that you would mm-hmm. have to do, you know, because they would just allow you to touch something and fuck around. Do you, mm-hmm. do you guys have something like that where if it's going to be a really particular kind of conversation, you need some sort of chaser for it or some intermediate? Well, I'm like a person who never can stop moving. Like the fact that I'm able to sit and do this podcast every week for like two hours is a fucking miracle. Like it's... Uh, and and 90% of the time I'm like painting my nails or like doodling or like 
doing something else because that's just how it works for me. But I did find um, a friend of a mom friend of mine who has a daughter who's like a, a couple three years older than mine. Um, when Birdie first asked about sex, which was pretty young, Birdie was pretty young to ask about sex. I, and I sort of was like, I don't, well, that's a great question. Well, let's talk about it later after school. And then I was like, what the fuck do I do? I don't know how to do this. And my friend was like, the best thing to do with kids with stuff like that, the drugs, the sex, like all of those conversations is for you to be driving. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. so you're just, so they don't have to look at you. Like, it's the same idea that you're saying, but it's like to give them an out of it so that they don't have to have like, the um overwhelm of of the of being uncomfortable or having or thinking you're seeing them be uncomfortable or whatever mm. their reaction might be and like i have used that a ton in parenting with my kids when i need to like talk to them about real shit it's like the car is the best place to do it they're in the back seat we they always say that the car bumps the car bumps the talk out. Like, yeah. Oh, right. That's so sweet. So it's like kind <laughs> of a great parenting hack. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Because but, you're also like, you're also like in this kind of cozy little capsule, but you're in proximity, but you're not looking at each other. That exactly. makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I remember when my son was in high school in Los Angeles and, uh, the they had just called school because the pandemic was starting and they were just like, we're going to sign off. Today is going to be the last day of school. Mm. And he asked, could you come pick me up from school? And he was saying goodbye to the girl he was dating. And uh, my, the I'll same son that- see in two weeks. Right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. But also very scared. Like my son for a month had already been talking about like, there's this pandemic coming. This is the same kid that made the action figures. And uh, I remember I picked him up from school. He said goodbye to his girlfriend. He got in the car and I said, do you want to go home? Do you want to get something to eat? And he was like, can we just drive west toward the sunset and I was like yes we can do that and he was like let's just keep driving till the sun goes down and then he Lincoln plugged and in his the same child <laughs> yeah exactly he plugged in his phone because he's famous for like poignant playlists and uh oh I just God. remember Again, that it was same. like it was like uh, a mix of Bruce Springsteen Prince and then as the sun set Eddie Murphy's party all the time <laughs> <laughs> came on and I was like I'll remember <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember this drive forever. And we were like holding hands, just like we don't know where we're going, but we're going west into the sunset right now. So, like, I think Whoa. the car is the best place. Agree. That's really, really quite a soulful kid. He is. He's he's both my kids are are gems, but he's he's the he's the still waters run deep kind of. That's a beautiful story. He's shy, but he does improv. And that makes sense. You didn't come here to talk about my son. I I definitely did. Now that <laughs> I didn't. I, I mean, he didn't not. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I'm just going to say that. Like, you didn't. I didn't, didn't say know. on my long list of things I said were off limits in my email <laughs> before we started. I don't want to talk about her son. <laughs> you guys, Zach's, Zach's rider was insane. <laughs> but it's all emotional podcast. stuff. It's yeah. all emotional. Yeah. Nothing. But, but, you know, I remember my mom taking me around to go look at colleges. And it was like fall. And we were in Poughkeepsie. And we were driving away from a, uh, one of these college tours or whatever and that Tom Waits song Old 55 was on which if you're not familiar is about 
like a trucker. It's like a trucker talking about this kind of bittersweet goodbye and needing to be on his way. And it's sort of about leaving. Yeah. And I remember having one of those moments with my mom. I remember it now, like however many years later, like 20 years later, that that feeling of like the 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 leaves and the song and my mom. And it was just the two of us mm. and that feeling of like, and she did this thing once that like really killed me where she, <laughs> separately, but she, she was like, you know, having kids is weird because first they're here and she sort of indicated her belly. And then she went, and then they're here and she sort of indicated like, uh, like a chest, like her chest, like we're holding Old him, right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes, and then they're there and she put, indicated her knees. And then she went, and then they're there and she pointed at the ground. And then she went, and then they're there and she pointed to the kind of middle distance. And then she went, and then there, and she just had this sort of bewildered shake of the head looking out. And so she did this kind of little pantomime. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's so hard when they... Yeah. Zach, you don't know. My daughter's in boarding school. My 15-year-old. She's... She's there. She's there. And so it's that feeling. It's fucking insane. It's crazy. That is beautiful. Jesus, I love your mom. Yeah. Married to a therapist, I guess, yeah. you know. But then it was like being in the in the car and hearing that song about saying goodbye and remembering her doing that and the whole thing. You know, it's just quite and what do you do with that feeling when you when you have that kind of bewildered, happy, sad feeling? Like what do you do you just I don't know. It's really hard. You go buy like, another snow baby, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's you lock maybe, it in or, a snow baby. <laughs> or if you're me, you sell all your shit. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is the opposite. We <laughs> You guys, I had the craziest thing happen this morning. And Zach, I'm like, now I feel like we've wasted, we've wasted your time. We've taken too much (laughs) of your time. But I just have to tell you, because you know, I was saying earlier, guys, which is probably going to be cut out, but I was saying earlier. Okay. I had been saying earlier how things have been very psychic right now for me. And I don't know if it's like the unboxing or whatever. And this morning, um, my my ex-husband and I, Mark, who we've been doing really well together, but I like woke up really agitated. Like I was just really agitated about everything. And I'm just feeling like overwhelmed and all of these things, all these emotions. And, um, and he was like, said something, like called, was, can I do something? And I was like, well, it's not like your dad. Like I like did like went back into like an old mode of being. And I was like sort of jerky to him. And then, I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I just need, like, I haven't had coffee yet. <laughs> like, I just need to fucking, I just need a beat. Can you just leave me alone for a second? I'll call you back. He's like, okay. All right. Sounds good. I'm listening to this, like, angry song. I get this with my ADD where um, the food thing, but this also I have, um, this is, like, tied to, um, what's it called? You know, where you repeat things. Uh, like OCD, OCD. Or rituals? OCD. Or? So it's tied, yeah, so it's tied to OCD, but I get these like song loops stuck in my head and the only thing that can, and it's only when I'm like stressed out or I'm having, I can really tell when I'm like in a, in a thing because I get these song loops stuck in my head. And today it was this um, like real fucking like angry girl teen song. And the only thing that helps me is to like just listen to the song over and over and over again until it's done. And I never know how long it's going to be, whatever. So I'm like listening to this angry song and I'm fucking walking. And I have my, and my stupid AirPods were not working this morning. They weren't charged. So I had to wear um, 
birdies like over the ear ones that I look like an idiot, like walking in New York wearing these things. And I'm so angry. And I'm going to the coffee place and I get in the coffee place and I'm listening to my angry song. But I didn't want to be rude. So when I ordered my coffee, I took my headphones off and I was like, wait, what? Wait, what is, wait, what is this song? And it was like a song was just ending. And, um, and she was like, I was like, wait, wait, what is this song? And she was like, oh, it's All Things Must Pass by George Harrison. And I was like, oh, right. That's right. That's right. That's what the song is. And I like got like weirdly like emo, emo you know, and the song was ending and I was like sort of listening to it. And I was like, dude, don't fucking cry at Blank Street Coffee. Like these people are just trying to do their job. You know, they don't know about your life. And um, so I put my headphones back on. And then this man walked into the coffee shop right as I was putting my headphones back on. And he's like, hey. And I think he's like a neighbor. I think he like, I don't really know how I know him. I don't know. You probably get this a lot too, Zach, where sometimes people think that they know you, but maybe they don't really know you, but maybe they do kind of know you and maybe you're just an asshole and you don't remember them. So like (laughs) we have to err on the side of the fact that like, unless someone says they're a fan, I have known them in some way. And so then I was like, oh, hey. And so I had to take the headphones off. I had to stop listening to angry girl music. And, um, and he's like, how are you? Uh, Things, things are good. I'm like, yeah, everything's good. Just waiting for my coffee. And then um, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting coffee, too. And, well, okay, well, Happy New Year. You know, I haven't seen you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, Happy New Year. And he goes and steps up, and I'm, like, about to put the headphones back on. And then the opening chords of The Zombies, This Will Be Our Year, start, which is the song that Mark and I kissed to when we got married. (sighs) Um, And then I just was like, and I'm holding the headphones, and I'm like, no! (laughs) And I just started, like... And the girl, because I think she had seen, I mean, because I clearly was like in a state when I heard that it was, you know, all things must pass, the George Harrison song, which is just such, just an an incredible, beautiful song that I love so much. I think she knew I was like in a mm-hmm. state. And so everyone just, she was just like, and I just like took my coffee and just like walked outside and was just sobbing and I texted Mark I just trying to listen to like some angry girl music and I walked in and ordered my coffee and all things must pass was playing and then the very next song was this will be our year by the zombies and he just wrote back so rude really unneeded today. <laughs> I was like, yes, that is, ex- that is exactly right. That's such oh a sweet story. God. Do you find, I don't know, you know, I had a friend once who said this thing to me about, she's like, you know, when, when one person is blushing, for them, it's agony to be seen blushing, but everyone else loves it when somebody blushes because it's like, look, they're blushing. It's so sweet. It's so I guess I usually feel that way when people are emotional. Like if someone, the thing I find more oppressive is when you're around strangers and there's this kind of like buttoned up, tight lip, tight jawed Mm. kind of uh, stoicism. That feels lonely and scary to me. In the rare instance in which a stranger will just like be kind of transparently emotional, as long as it's not like, you know, kind of psychotic rage or something directed in my direction. I, it's like, I find that when people are like that, I, I actually, it, it doesn't ever feel like a burden. And sometimes it feels like permission to, to be similarly kind of 
puddly or something to be another yeah. strawberry milk puddle. Yeah. One time, and, you know, our friend Paul F. Tompkins, you must yeah. know. Uh, one time he and I were riding the subway in New York City. We talk about this topic a lot on the pod, on the podcast, but across the way, a woman was like a little bit crying. Uh, like she just yeah. had, and I took a, a tissue out of my bag and leaned across and gave her a tissue. And then she just fully, fully burst out crying. And Paul was like, oh my God, you broke her. Like you, bro-. and I was like, but she needed it. She, you know, like yeah. she was waiting for someone to be like, it's okay to fully full out cry. So like, I always find it very endearing to someone that is like living their emotions, as you said, provided it's not destructive or or, or harmful to anyone. But New York City, you're just having it on the street. I had no choice. I was just like, you know, you don't know when the things are going to hit. In in LA, it was like, it's always in your car. You know what I mean? Like I I would have that, that moment would have happened like Mm -hmm. in my car. And but here you're just like sort of confronted with, yeah, like all of the things all the time. Um, we and, had this bit that we wanted to do on our late night show that mm. was it was Tina Fey's idea. We had a number of like recurring bits during the run of the show, but it was Tina Fey's idea that she wanted us to get guests to take us to the place that they cried and like reclaim that spot, and no one would ever no do, one it. to do it. No one would ever admit where they had cried in Los Angeles. And we were I like, like we- don't even know if it was that or like if people were just like, no, I just don't want to really, I don't even want to reclaim it. I just want to like yeah. let that, I like just want to let it go. I, I don't want to memorialize not, it in I don't a bit and we'd always try it. to be like, but Tina yeah. Fey thought of it and it would be really funny. <laughs> people are like, no, not interested. Is not there, interested. is there a place for you that like you could revisit where you were just like, maybe didn't cry, but you don't have to admit to having cried. No, I don't do that. I never do that. I'm a man. I'm a, I, I remember the sa- candle sense I prefer. Yeah. That's not that's the candle sense of a man who cries. I, I used to do this thing in New York where um, the Empire State Building, I don't know if this is still true, but it would be open until 1 a.m. Or maybe it's Whoa. 2 a.m. And so you could go late at night and there know. would be no lines and there would be no one there. And you could take the elevator up and then I would go up there. And I would look out at the city and the city, when you're at that height, makes a sound that sounds like the ocean or something. It's like, Mm -hmm. and I would look out at the kind of little miniature train set version of my life. And I'd be like, oh, that's the apartment where I lost my virginity. That's where I had that life-changing job. That's where I I felt so heartbroken and and disoriented and, and, and seeing the whole thing in miniature while hearing the sound of the ocean, basically, but it was just the ocean of like human life up there. That was like that kind of like bittersweet, like reflective place. That was like my little emo spot I would go to. The Um, womb of New York city. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It was nice. I used to love that. That is kind of amazing. Yeah, it was sad. Like, it would feel sad because I'd be often just go by myself and just go up there and look around. But but I'd also bring people there. I I liked going there. Do you have a place like that? Me? I mean, I've cried everywhere. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but I told this story last week on the podcast. Like, I, one of my favorite, I lived in L.A. for 20 four years. I lived in LA longer than I've lived anywhere else, even Arizona where I grew up. Um, And one of my favorite things to do always, especially when I was feeling emo, um, was I would drive 
specifically down Beverly, like toward the when the sun was setting wow. and listening to music. And yeah, and I, I sort of had a version of it when I was back in LA last week. But I have like, I have like a very specific route. I remember the worst I ever freaked out in my car. I remember where I was. I was late to an audition at um, Warner Brothers and I was on Lancashire and this person cut me off and I just like lost my fucking mind and was like, it's never going to happen. I'm never going to work again. And la, la. like, I just like, like, like mm-hmm. everything was contained in this person cutting me off. And I felt like, the, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I like really remember it. And I, cause I remember the person looking being like, Okay. And I was like, no, but I like it's, but it go ahead. You're fine. Like, it's not you. <laughs> that would anyway. be the most horrible if you accidentally cut someone off and then looked over and you just saw them kind of like departiculating emotionally. <laughs> like, that would be, I would feel so guilty. But it's also, I, think, I just don't know. I think it's better to have the stuff. It's better up and out than just, well, just this, maybe not. That, no, that's what they say. That's it. That is what they say. They say get that you gotta get in. it out. Yeah. Wait, did you end up listening to that Velveteen Rabbit thing I told you to listen to? I tried to download it, but I realized I was out of Audible credits, and then I couldn't figure <laughs> out how to get Audible to let me buy it. It's Audible's such a coy withholding little tease. It's like <laughs> it'll be like we have this, but you can't have it. It's like, I just wanted, I literally tried to have Meryl Streep read me to sleep and it didn't work because of It was my childhood. Like that, I, it was so, yeah, it was like crazy when you were, when on Instagram, I saw um, Zach was talking about this part of the Velveteen Rabbit. That's like my favorite part of the Velveteen Rabbit. But again, maybe this is, again, I didn't realize that this has to do with my fucking neurodivergent or whatever, but I like had to listen to the George Winston playing piano Meryl Streep reading The Velveteen Rabbit before bed like almost every night for many years. And then even when I was like in college, sometimes I would listen to it with headphones on just like to get me to chill the fuck out and like go to sleep. Um, But it's really incredible. It's the best. We'll have to make sure that we can get it for you so you can experience it. Oh, my God. Wait. I think I just found the CDs of it. I'm not kidding. Literally not kidding. you're unearthing Yes. Yes. So if she finds a CD player (laughs) as well. I just found found a Blu-ray player. See, Going there's to the gotta sale. be there's gotta be like a, a CD Walkman in there. Oh my god! I'll just carry yeah. the Blu-ray around. I'll just yeah. carry the Blu-ray <laughs> with batteries. But do you do you find? I mean, I had a friend once who had this idea for a business where it was just these like enormous people, these enormous strong people who, if you were like at a bar and you got tired, they would it would <laughs> almost be like they you would fall asleep in the car like you were a kid, and then they would carry you in and put you into your bed. And you would have that experience. How much Zach, trust I was just, that, that was, I was exactly. so much trust. I was literally just talking about this though, because I said earlier that I worked the night shift in a nursing home. I also, during that time on my nights off, I had a job where I would go to people's homes who didn't necessarily need to be in a rest home, but I would put them to bed for the night. So like feed them if they need to be fed, help them get washed up, get in their pajamas and put them in their bed. And I was saying that I think I could clean up during award season in Los Angeles by offering mm. my expertise <laughs> of like, I'll come get you out of that dress, wash your face, take your eyelashes off, give you a little snack and put some Advil on your bedside and get you 
get you in the sack. My Not God, in the- I would have paid lots of money for that at points in my life. Well, I, you know what? I'm going to huh. confess something that I haven't said on the podcast, but my husband works very hard. He has a very physical job and he works very hard, much, much, much harder than I do. But he also treats me like I'm a porcelain doll, which is so kind of him. And even if he's about to fall off to sleep and I come to bed after him, he gets out of bed and comes over and tucks me into my side of the bed. And I would pay a million dollars for it. It's the nicest, most luxurious thing. Just to have someone pull your covers snug up to your chin. So anyway, I think it's a good business idea is what I'm saying. I think it's an app. I think it's, I think I'll... Let's I'll be employee. people's desperate desire for caretaking. <laughs> let's, let's, I'll be employee number one. Yeah, exactly. There's this, there's this little anime now, just to out try to out twee myself from earlier. There's an no. animated short film called Coda, which is it's short. It starts with this guy leaving a bar, I think in Dublin, and he gets he drops some change on the ground and he goes to pick it up and a car hits him and it kills him. <gasps> And you see his soul get up out of his body and go on this kind of ramble. And the death comes. And death comes to uh, escort him to wherever he's going. And he keeps trying to avoid death. And then death eventually just sort of sits down next to him on this park bench. And they're just sitting there looking out at the park. And the guy's like, what happens now? And death is like, yeah. They're, they're just they're kind of companionably sitting on this bench. And then he starts asking death for more and more. He's like, I just want to experience, I want to, I want to feel the ocean again. I want to, and he asks for things and death keeps granting him these things until the end where he kind of falls asleep. He he keeps wanting more and more and more until he falls asleep. And once he's asleep, death just kind of like pulls its darkness over him like a little blanket over a baby. And it's such, I I watched that movie and I was like, if that's what death is, like, oh, please, please let it be so. It's a beautiful little movie. If you just Google, or if you YouTube Coda short film, but it's that, it's sort of what you're describing, I think, is that feeling of like, oh, it's just, and now you're tired. And now you're being sort of tucked in by the universe so that you can go to sleep. And it's yeah. so, so lovely. Yeah. It's it's a really lovely feeling. And it's it's also the kind of thing where I would feel guilty about, like, the fact that he wakes himself up from sleep uh, to do that for me. But also, I have to remember that that's, like, what makes his heart sing, which sounds weird. But that's what gets him going. He's just like that. Like, you know... Um, I don't think, I I think it takes actually more, like it's much easier. I think it takes a lot more confidence in a weird way to accept things like that than to deliver them because it's so vulnerable to allow yourself to be um, kind of briefly, I don't know what the word, something about accepting that kind of care is generous, I think, Mm. because you're giving someone the opportunity to love you, which is like so scary uji yeah 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 yeah. oh my gosh it's really beautiful you sound like you Uh, have a nice marriage he's a good guy i don't know i don't know the details but (laughs) i got a bunch of gems i'm really lucky but also feel like i uh you know earned it maybe 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 i earned it i I do too i think that's a really nice way of feeling about yourself casey 
Thank you. It took me a long time to get here, but Zach, you are such a pleasure. And I feel like you have stayed here way longer than we told you. I, I was just enjoying talking to you guys. That's so nice. Do you feel like you would stay a couple minutes yeah, more? Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is that we usually talk about what we've done our best at this week. So if you want <laughs> to join us in that, then, you know, shall I start? Shall I begin? You should. You should go first. Okay. What I did... Well... I did my best at, honestly, I was going to come out to help with your garage sale and a thing that I do that I think you won't mind me saying makes you crazy is that I'm always like getting a flight like four minutes you're, before. Wait, why? You're, you completed <laughs> me with someone else, Casey. I also get my flights last minute. That's why I accidentally booked a flight that's when I true. Was coming to LA and then you get too I, many flights. I get not enough no. flights. And I I'm also, but I you that does not make me nervous at all. I think you think I'm I'm someone else. About, whenever with, with you're that. like, what hotel are you staying at? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm rolling up to some hotel seeing if they have like a vacancy. And I'm like, I'm gonna look online. And you're like, just get a hotel before you go somewhere. <laughs> and I'm I like, I'm just I've, gonna get a car at the airport. They'll have a car. And you're always funny. like, I, I really that wish I've given you, would, you that impression because I so also funny. do that. Myself. Maybe you're just asking out of curiosity or maybe... I'm not, there's no judgment. Like, because I literally uh, do that myself. So nice. When I was coming to LA, I didn't even have a car rented until I was on the airplane. That's really interesting. I yeah, always think I don't that I'm making at all. you... I always think that I'm making busy nuts by not mm-hmm. planning ahead. Not at all. And by being literally like, not at all. I don't know what plane I'm going to be on. I don't know what hotel I'm staying at. I don't know what I'm going to be driving, but I'll be there. But so anyway, I actually like just got the plane ticket to go to New York and like with plenty of time like it wasn't the last seat and I wasn't like I don't have to like fly out of you know Staten Island Van Nuys airport I don't have to get on a freight liner to get (laughs) to New York and uh, so I was pretty proud of myself because I was like wow this is so mature of me to just like get a flight with plenty of days left to go listen and to me you could have gotten it tomorrow (laughs) or I don't I'm really I I guess you wouldn't really know I guess you just ask out of curiosity but there is I genuinely have no there's no I just need you to know and by the way I don't multiple times now and I'm like I really have nothing on it I really swear I never feel judged by it, by the way, I just feel like you're like I feel like it's protective. You're like I don't oh. want you sleeping on the street or in well, like I definitely an ATM don't want you, vestibule well, for sure. That yes, a hundred percent. That anyway, is that is accurate. I don't. Want all that. that being said, can I stay at one of yeah. your bedrooms? Of course. <laughs> There's so many bedrooms. Because <laughs> I did not get a hotel. Room. No, I assumed you were going to be sick. That's why I'm trying to like clean all this shit out so that. Well, I never want to assume. I never want to assume because oh, you might have things happening. But anyway, but I figure I'll ask you on the podcast. So you can't really You're say stuck. no. Wow. At the very least, Zach there's Woods an empty and... storage unit in Connecticut <laughs> that you can. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Maybe. And good pizza, too. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. That pizza. <laughs> Izzy, what about you? What was your good thing? What did you do well? What am I doing my best at this week? Well, well, mm. okay. I think I am trying to do my best at like genuinely taking the things in, like the lessons. 
the things, like especially with dating and stuff. Oh, Casey, because we didn't, I didn't even tell this story on the podcast, but I told, I talked about it on my Instagram stories. Like this guy like hit on me at a bar and he was really like attractive and mm. had an accent. We love an accent. Yes. And I know, and he was like, he like crossed his, and he was in from out of town and I, he crossed his arms and I was like, oh fuck, he has a wedding ring on. I was like, that's insane. And then I was just like, okay, bye. I just like, I was like, okay, well, bye. And like turned and my friend Jen was like, he was so cute. What happened? Like, why'd you, I was like, dude, he, that guy was wearing a wedding ring. And she's like, well, you don't know, maybe da, da, da. I was like, no, we don't have time for that. I'm mm. not like, I'm not in the place anymore where I'm like, I'm going to try to make, like, I'm not, I don't want, I'm like done with fucking bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's cut, like, I feel like I've spent so much time, like, making excuses for other people's behavior that at this point, I'm like, I'm taking things as they are presented to me. And even if it like, and like that guy, who cares? I mean, I don't give a fuck about that guy, but like in other dating things that I've had in recent past, like I've had my feelings hurt and that's okay. Like it's okay. You get your feelings hurt. But I think that, I think that one of the biggest things for me as a person is this idea, like this thing that I like, well, it's like kind of what I said earlier, Casey, about this, like, that I always have to do things the hard way or I feel right. like it's not worth it. Right. And it's kind of like, I guess, with relationships and like dating and stuff, I'm at this point now where I'm like, wait, maybe that's just not the vibe. Maybe it should just be somebody who like is not, it's not difficult. It's like fine and easy, you know, not easy and nothing like relationships aren't easy. I understand right. that. But I'm just saying all of these other things where I'm like talking myself into it. Like, I feel like we've, we all get so tricked into that, you know, it's the, he's just not that into you thing or whatever. But also just like, I don't need it. It's like, I'm not, I'm fine. And so I don't need to like waste, I don't need to waste my precious time with somebody who's like going to be it's difficult like, already. Yeah, it's like what you're Maya difficult already Oprah, when, when people show you who they are, believe them and, but also act accordingly. That's what I think. That's what I think you being like, yeah. Okay, sir. You know? Yeah. Okay. Bye. Like, <laughs> like and I just feel like I've had like these situations. Zach, I don't know if you are in a relationship or you're dating. We don't need to talk about that at all. I'm just giving my personal experience. Like, because this is the first time in a really long time, the last couple of years that I've been like single. And, um, and I think that my, I've, I've been in these positions with people in the last couple of years with guys who are like, um, it's a lot of hoops and like a lot of stuff. And like, uh, I'm not like a thing and, 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 and I'm like, oh, okay, well I can like, I can like be, you know, and I just feel you like feel I'm like, like you're sort of contorting yourself in, to fit the contours yeah, of someone and, else's stuff. And also, like I'm the fucking best. Like I would be so, you'd be so, people would be so lucky to date me. Like I don't need to waste time and energy, like with people who are uncertain of their things or and I for whatever reason the guy with the the married guy who by the way I did find online like in 15 seconds <laughs> and my friend Jen was like you're really incredible at that I'm like yeah I'm essentially a super spy it's a family um, trait I feel like my you sister and has your sister too. is an excellent super spy we can I can find fucking anything <laughs> but um 
But I was like, it's not that. It was more like I feel like the universe was like putting a thing in front of me that is like felt one way. Like he was giving me a thing that felt one way. But I saw something that was real that I was like, that's fucking real. That's not, I'm not interested in that bullshit. And instead of like an old version of myself that would be like, but I don't know. I shouldn't jump to conclusions. I should be, did like, I should like continue down this road in whatever way, shape, or form. I'm using it as like, you know, I'm extrapolating. It's like one tiny okay. thing that I'm, okay. Sure. Yeah. I just want you to understand. I wasn't like thinking I was marrying the married guy at the bar. No, I'm just saying that I, I felt like it was like a thing that was put in front of me in order to say from the universe to me, have you fucking figured it out yet? Like, if you feel like it's not the, get the fuck out, dude. Just walk away because you don't, your time is precious. This is one life. Go hang out with your fucking friends and the people that love you and your children. And like, that's it. Like, I don't know. Does that make sense? Does that make sense, Casey? It totally makes sense. And I also liked what you said about, like, who knows why that guy was wearing a wedding ring. Whether oh, I do, because I found like, him on the internet and he's been married for many, many years. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I want to make clear that you were giving him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt before you looked him up, where you were like, who knows why this guy is wearing a wedding ring? But whatever reason it could be, means that, like, he's not in a place where we should be connecting in that moment. Right. Whether it's, and like, I guess, he lost his yes. wife and he's too sad to take the ring off, or whether it's that he's in an open relationship. Totally. It just, it didn't matter again, what the reason was. Not for me. And my mom got mad because on my Instagram stories, I was like, Polly, I know that Polly is all the rage for people. Look, it's <sighs> not for me. I didn't get enough love in my childhood. And my mom got so mad and sent me this text. And she's like, Busy, please stop saying you did not get enough love in your childhood. It is incredibly hurtful to me. And I was like, first of all, mom, everyone knows how much I love you. And secondly, it's literally a line from Chicago, the musical, <laughs> when she is like, at the end, when Roxy Hart is like, because none of us got enough love in our childhood. And like, so I just, mom, I'm sorry. I know, like, and whatever. also, Mrs. Phillips, I would like to point out that for some children, not enough love would exist to fill up that child. You know, sometimes it's just the way that we're born sometimes. Honey, and maybe I'm, I know, bird. I mean, listen, I have one where there's not enough love in the world. <laughs> but the child is always like, you don't love me enough. And I'm like, there's not, I cannot love you more. And, I'm making and, but, so much love. I don't... <laughs> Well, I did not breastfeed her until she was ten. So there well, is that. There I did stop. I did stop at two, <laughs> There's which is, by the way, rude. a long fucking time. <laughs> two? No, she wasn't two. Was she two? No, she was. No, she was fifteen months, fourteen months, over a year. Yeah, that's a long time. That, that's I, a while. I, uh, no, it's really long. So anyway, no, I think that I, I think that what I'm trying to get, and this has been too long. I'm sorry. It's too long. But my, I think I'm doing my best at, at finally understanding that in everything in life, but especially in dating, trusting my gut is like the number one thing. That's it. That's it. And it doesn't have to go on for like years or months or even weeks or whatever if like initially I'm like, nope, this isn't, mm -mm, then that's it. I'm just going to trust my gut. That's it. 
That's what it is. I'm doing my Trust best. Trust your that. gut despite IBS. That's right. Honey, my IBS has been feeling great. <laughs> That's great. Trusting your gut and it's trusting I'm, you back. <laughs> it doesn't need to insert itself so violently. <laughs> okay, what are you doing oh your best at? Is it promoting your show? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> um, I think, uh, what am I doing my best at? I think, I think I'm doing a little bit better than usual, maybe. At just admitting to clo- to loved ones and friends and everyone where like not needing to have a thesis statement about what's going on with me. In other words, not needing to have distilled the events or emotions of my life down to something cogent and just inviting people into the kind of like slush of unsorted, you know, feelings and all that shit. So I think that's, I, I think I'm being a little bit more uh, transparently messy in a way that isn't always intuitive to me. So um, that I I, I hope, I don't know. That feels like a good thing. Like it feels like personal to you. Feels like a good thing to be doing your best at. I like it. Thank you. And I also think it's generous to people in your life to trust them with Mm. the messiness. As mm-hmm. you said, of what you have going on, because that's a lot of pressure to feel like you just have to sum everything up and and give a headline that leaves everyone like feeling good about where you are. And mm. I think well, it's very it really takes care of other people. Yes, but I'll say the feedback has been very negative. My mom just texted me, <laughs> "Cool story, bro." She just kept writing, "Cool story, bro," and I was like, "You're my mom. You're not my bro." And she's like, "Cool story, bro." And, and uh, so I've just been really the people are like not happy with they're me. They're not having it. Yeah, they're not... they're really grossed out by it. <laughs> oh no! Has anyone texted back? Just K. My therapist Kay. just wrote, "Gives me the ick." <laughs> And I was like, really? I'm so sorry. I know, but listen, she has her own feelings, so she's yeah. expressed those. And know? they're valid. They're valid. Who they're am I valid? to validate my feel- therapist's feelings of disgust for me? Yeah, it's like you with the strawberry milk girl. <laughs> there you go. I'm her Lindsay, I'm her, and my soul is my thermos. Um, I, but, uh, I feel like we owe you a copay. I owe you a copay. We all owe each other copays. It's the that's what this is. Person, yeah. It's why we started this ther- this therapy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited for your for the clearing out of the Connecticut uh, locker, and it's gonna be insane. Yeah. Oh, I really... found my Letterman jacket from Freaks and Geeks. I'm not really, it, but yeah, but I did find uh... it. Yeah, Tro- I found all you found all- Vikings? What is it? The Norsemen. McKinley Norsemen. Yeah. Oh, McKinley wow. McKinley Norsemen. Good, oh good, deep cut. Good I memory. like that big head with Shia LaBeouf inside of it. I remember, <laughs> that. <laughs> I remember um, that too. He was a really nice kid. I don't know any of the situations since, but he was a nice child. A really a talented. Man. I just remember him being so oh, shockingly so talented. talented. When he was a little kid. Oh, and I loved Project Greenlight. Remember when he was on oh, Project yeah. Greenlight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was at an intersection once and a black SUV pulled up next to me. And I looked over and Shia LaBeouf was leaning out of the driver's side. And he just gave me this look and a nod like, hey, brother. And I was <laughs> were like. You, wait, I, were you already on the office? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh. I think he just saw me look at him and just gave me this like very like 
nice. kind of flinty cowboy like <laughs> look, but it was like warm, and I was like, it like made me feel weirdly good. I was like, huh, that was a nice little, you know what I mean? When you feel like yeah, when you feel seen, yeah, I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yes. I recently saw Willem Dafoe on the street and he uh, very warmly smiled at me and I, I didn't expect it. I was shocked. He's I beautiful. Didn't, yeah. It was, I was like, he didn't, he didn't have to do that, but he did it. And I really appreciate that he did it. <laughs> when he played Jesus Christ. It's probably. It's Maybe he does have to do memory. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know who I just saw in person here, but I talked to her and it was like the best thing ever. Who? Is the actress Celia Weston. She's like a character actress. Yeah. You would know her if you Googled her. Zach, like you should. It's, she's okay. incredible. She was okay. on Vice Principles, but we didn't really work together because. Oh, her. Yes. I didn't yes, work yes, You I know did. who she is. Yeah. Um, but. Jen and I were at dinner. My friend Jen and I were at dinner and we saw her waiting for her table. And so when we were leaving, we were like, we have to say something to her. And we did. And it was just like the loveliest moment. And it was so nice. And I loved her so much. Anyway, that's all. She's very funny. Yeah. She's really funny. She's incredible. I just want, like, I want to be like that someday when I'm an older You are that someday. You are that. You're that now. I know. Maybe. You are. I guess. You are. Zach, yeah, you are right. also you are also that really funny. <laughs> Thank you. That's really yeah. nice. Um, you, I really like talking to you guys. You're very sweet, and you're also like so. It's interesting. I'm kind of sh- shy about talking about stuff publicly. It's like you're very um, open, open books, which I'm sure people really respond to. Um. Yeah. Well, honestly, I don't know. My fucking thesis statement. <laughs> <laughs> is that, like, I don't know, it occurred to me a while back that part of what I've wanted to do my whole life in all of the work that I do is to, like, is to, like, help people feel less alone in their shit. Yeah. And I felt so alone for so long. And then as soon as I started, like, being more open about things that I felt publicly, like, so many people were like, wait, wait, what? Me too. Exactly that exact weird fucking thing. Yes. I do that too. You know, whatever. So I feel like now it's, especially with social media, like, there's, you know, there are, like, different, I don't know, there are different levels and, like, different ways in which it's it can be, like, detrimental to people when you, you know... Well, all that like self-diagnosis stuff on <laughs> TikTok. Right. Like my daughter's like, I'm pretty sure I have X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay. I have fine. polio, I, but I have <laughs> polio. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't, I think that. Um, but yeah, but I just feel like, I don't know. Sometimes Zach, I'm like, why are we doing anything if not to be open with other people about what's real? I think it's lovely. And thank you. Thank for you. Thanks for being here. We really thank you for um, stepping up. Two weeks in a row, we had someone that we thought was were just lucky to have for a guest, and you really came in and like stepped into the role of co-host. Yeah. Oh, stop it. Co-host, you co-hosted today. I That's want you to know Alani. you did that. Yeah, you did. You just you just wait. Came have you in. done NPR yet? Like, have you some, for the show? Some like like NPR interviews a little bit. Yeah. 
I'm doing fresh air tomorrow. They're, oh, I'm okay. so jealous. I can't, Zach, when I got the I'm email, so I literally l- laid down on the fucking floor and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I have been waiting. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you three fucking things. Okay. The, the New Yorker, when they profiled me in like 2017, 2016, 2017, and the first thing I asked the reporter was, I don't understand this. Are you making fun of me? Like, I just want, I really, no, really, she, it's in the article. I was like, I just want to understand what, what I'm, what we're doing here. But it was like the New Yorker call, the fact that like I had this, the blind book deal and now fresh air. I'm like, I, this is, for me, this is like, this is ever, I, I don't even know what to do. You I'm like so nervous. I mean, no, you're going to be wonderful. <sighs> You're going to be so wonderful because you're so used to making yourself uh, available to listeners. You know, you're 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 a an old hand at it. You're a you're a veteran of self disclosure. But I like don't talk quietly. You know. Yeah, you have to talk quieter than that. Where like what you just did will blow out the eardrums of public radio <laughs> listeners. Okay. Okay. She's so go. loud. <laughs> She's screaming at us. Joan Jet. Yeah. Right. I know. I know. I do feel like I'm gonna be I'm nervous about my no. levels. You I'm going to... into their studio, so I'm thrilled. I um, I hope to be able to interrogate you all about it because that, that is truly I will die a happy man once. Well, listen, once. it's only taken me as I realized yesterday. 25 years of being on television and in movies. 25. 25. Terry takes a quarter century. That's the that's the common uh, right. wisdom, right? So there you go. Well, I hope In the Know continues because it's delightful. Thank you, thank you. Um, I hope everybody watches it and loves it. It's and so fun and to I hope watch. if there's a season two, then I could be, I can be. Oh, yeah. I would love that. I would love that. I, would love so that. Fun. I know. I think it would be really great. I love it. I love the show. Thanks. I really love stop motion too. It is cool. It's just it's so refreshing to see it, and it's done really well. It's it's lovely to look at, and so it needs so, to get out there. It's literally gotta, everything. Every line you say, Zach, in it is so funny, and I've watched you in everything, and that's the case with everything. That I, makes me feel good and bashful. <laughs> You're I'm blushing. Hugging you. I'm hugging you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we you and endearing. You're just, yeah. I mean, the the after party, if people haven't seen you in the after party, so good. I mean, everybody knows everything that you've been in, but you're just, you're always on the big TV in my house and everybody here loves you and with Thank good you. reason. Thank you. you. And now it. I will go turn into a cloud of pleased but embarrassed smoke. <laughs> text, text your mom back. Say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. thank you so much Zach thank Thank you you. oh that was best what a delight what a little fucking dreamboat see maybe we shouldn't like between Jake Johnson and Zach Woods my faith in actors male actors has returned there's some real good folks out there you know I had to like get up You, you guys can't see this but the Sun has come in while we've been talking <laughs> with it's, such force into it's really this intense. apartment that, like, I was like pouring sweat. Also, the forced heat is on because it is like 35 degrees outside. You know, it's sure. not 
warm out, but it right. is so. But you're in a. You're I'm in a little, a little I'm in a hot greenhouse. Box. Yeah, I'm in a yeah. hot box. A hot house. A hot house. A hot <laughs> greenhouse. A green. A hot. A hot. Whatever. Anyway, a hot box. I feel like is it, there'd be more weed, but I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of weed in here. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Oh shit! I was going to ask you to bring me some weed if you could, because um, I'm out of my mini joints. Oh well, I will ch- see what I can do. I love those pure beauties. Those little ones. <laughs> I'll look anyway, into it. Um, well, guys, All right. We love Everyone, you. What a great Yeah, this show. is the last time we'll talk to you before the garage sale. So maybe before we'll see some of you. the great sale of 2024. Yeah. Wow. What a, do you want, what do time. you, people should just check Cure Thrift's Instagram to find out information? Well, if you're in New York or the surrounding areas and you want to come, it's Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 5. But if you're not in New York, um, Liz Wolf is going to be, yeah, I would go to the Cure Thrift Instagram because she's going to be handling a lot of the online stuff that we're putting. Sure. And that'll be like a lot. There'll be some clothes I think she's pulling to put online, but that like takes more, obviously, uh, whatever effort. effort. Yeah. Yes. And um, and part of our goal is to like just get rid of stuff. <laughs> just moving stuff. We're moving we're, we're product. Moving stuff. But a lot of like memor- mem- the like any of like the memorabilia if there's going to be some of our merch, the BP doing our... Yeah, from the little tour. Yeah, we From have our little tour, doing sweatshirt. our best tour. That, like, so we're going to put some of those, I think, online. Uh, we're going to do... I have some, like... I have some, like, weird merch from other things. Mark has some things that he's, like, going to sign from movies that he's written. Amazing. And, yeah, because there's, you know, we both have, like, tons of that, like, crew swag. And yeah. I have Dawson's... Creek something. What do I have? I might have something from Dawson's Creek. I definitely have Cougar Town wine glasses. Wow. That oh, that's going to be a hot item. rid of. Um, I should remember that I should keep one. I probably. Anyway, Cougar Town <laughs> wine glasses. Um, yeah, it's just like weird stuff. Well, it's very exciting. I'm excited to see you. And uh, and I'm excited to see some of you that are going to show up. I'll be there 100% on Saturday and then probably just for a little while on Sunday because I have to fly home. Yeah. But Bummer. I'm excited to Unless see Unless I kidnap people. you and make you stay in New York with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm susceptible to that as well. But I'm excited to see all of your stuff. And I'm excited to see you more than yeah. anything. Yeah, me too. Okay, guys, we love you. We love you, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.